Hi guys, this is Black Chick Lit. I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And it's Romance Month. Ooh, Ooh. It's Valentine's. I don't have sure a, is. I don't have a Valentine, but Aww. maybe you will though. We'll see. Maybe somebody will leave a note on your car. <laughs> Someone did that to me once. Mm-hmm. And then we met for a date and he was late. And I was like, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> so it's not as uh those meat cutes from like the rom coms are not as fun in real life. You know, one time I was like coming off the um elevator, like coming down the elevator in my apartment, mm-hmm. and the door is open and there's a dude there and he was like in doctor scrubs <laughs> and he was holding like a um golden retriever puppy. Oh my gosh, that's literally <laughs> out of a Hollywood movie. And I was like, mm. and then I ran away. <laughs> And then I think I saw him one time at the grocery store. He was like eating apples, huh? <laughs> so I was just like buying some apples. So I was like, yeah. We have a mutual friend whose name I will tell you offline who uh, in college, I think she got rear ended by a guy and he asked her out because he's like, this is a sign. And she really didn't <laughs> want to go. <laughs> he was like, no, I just try to grab opportunities or something. And basically he like Ooh, hit her car creepy. and he wanted to take her out because he thought it was like some kind of sign. It'd be like, it's a sign that you can't drive. <laughs> That's what it is. Really? <laughs> I don't even know if she ever went out with him, but uh, yeah, I can tell you the name. I'm wondering if I know who this is. All right. I kind of remember that. Yeah. yeah so meet cute, meet cute. She's not married. So she figured it out. So. Oh, she got married? Good for her. I think she has a kid, two kids. I don't know the exact number of children. (laughs) There are children. I don't know the number. Okay. All right. So this month we read romance, but before we get into that, we've got some little, we've got some bookish news to go over. We got some book news. A lot more compared to last time we were together. Yeah. We got some book news, y'all. So which one do we want to talk about first? Which big Uh, mess? Wherever you want to start. Let's start with Blood Air. Because that's the one I may need you to help me work through. So there is, I won't say the author's name. Everyone seems to be protecting the author's name at this point. And so what happened was there was this book called Blood Air. It's a YA novel because YA seems to be a little messy. Bias, not bias. So YA fantasy. (laughs) Um, And so readers got their hands on the review review copies. And it seems that there are some problematic elements in the book. Um, it mm-hmm. takes place in like, it's a retelling of Anastasia as far as I can tell. And it okay. takes place in um, a fantasy world and there are people who are slaves, there are people who are oppressed because of their magical powers. So apparently there are things in the book that resemble like American chattel slavery. And mm-hmm. so people were sort of offended because they felt like it wasn't handled well. Um, there's a slave girl apparently who dies for the main character and the, the slave who dies apparently is dark skinned. The main main character is described as light skin and so mm. people sort of made a, enough of a fuss about it that it, the publisher she talked to the publisher and she got it pulled she got the publication yeah. date pushed back and now people are sort of so there was that original backlash and now there seems to be a backlash to the backlash saying well the author is also a person of color she's not American she might have she might have you know had a different perspective than all this yeah. than what we're giving credit for yeah so now there's like a lot of discourse with a capital D about, <laughs> you know, about, you know, sensitivity, sensitivity, these kind of things. How far should the public outcry, how much power should public outcry have? Things like that. I don't know. I feel like this is a really, this is a messier situation than we've usually seen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I think 
when it comes down to it, if you're a publisher, you want to publish something that sells. Mm-hmm. So if people are like, I'm not going to write, I'm not, you know, there's that. Like, I can understand them saying, OK, let's push it back or pull it until it's been reworked. I think that this is a great example of um, what they call it, like sensitivity readers or the role that like beta readers and everything can have on a on a piece of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not of the mind that something shouldn't be published because I disagree with it or find it bad or wrong. Like <laughs> we kind of talked about this again in um, Zane. Mm-hmm. And I would I I think I said at some point I was like I never want to say that something in a book is just outright wrong or outright bad because I don't know the author's experience. You know I you said that she was uh, also a person of color. Is she Chinese? She's she Chinese. From? She immigrated to the U.S. I believe when she was eighteen. So she had like her formative school years not in the U.S. Right. So if she's basing this on you know, some history. I think that's what she said, like a history of slavery throughout Asia that I don't have any real knowledge of. Now, you know, do I think that that means that she shouldn't take into account where she's publishing this? And, you know, 18, you can still learn about lots of things, lots of things, you know, you're not too old to learn at 18. Um, So I, I like I if there's there have been books, worse books than this that I feel like are like damaging or harmful or, you know, deceitful or stuff like that, mm-hmm. where I've been like, oh, well, I wouldn't have published that. But I don't I it, I don't see myself going out and say and like soliciting a publisher saying, like, don't publish this. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, it, it, it's just. For me, I kind of like step back and I'm like, am I going to read this? No. Then what the fuck do I care? <laughs> and I know that that's not like a great, a great like way to live. But it's like I can only do so much every single day. And yeah, sometimes I got to let somebody else take it on. I, I don't know. What were your thoughts? I had watched this video where she discussed it in this. Um, her name is Francine Simone. I hope it's not Francine mm-hmm. Simone, but she's a black YouTuber. And she brought up two good points that I, one was that just because a character has dark skin doesn't necessarily mean they're black. I mean, colorism True. is still a thing, but it's like, just because the character has dark skin doesn't mean they're supposed to represent like the black experience. True. And another thing that I think that I didn't know about at first was there are a lot of accusations about plagiarism. And, oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, and apparently after reading, other people read it and they said, like, well, those those accusations are sort of unfounded. She's using tropes. She's using mm-hmm. tropes that are, like, popularly used in fantasy, but that doesn't equate to plagiarism. And so the booktuber yeah. sort of argued that those plagiarism uh, claims against someone from China where that's a big, you know, kind of stereotype is just as hurtful. That's true. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you're, if you're going to say that people using tropes in fantasy is plagiarism, then it's like... <laughs> All of literature is like... All of literature, you know, give uh, uh, Tolkien his coins because that (laughs) seems like that's whatever anybody ever publishes or talks, you know, outside of like real bookish people. Like give him his coins if you want to talk about using tropes of fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know enough about that and to comment, but like I... It was hard. It was harder for me to really go there with this one when I learned, like, when I saw her side of the story, I was like, okay, yes, take into account things that people are saying, 
um, go back and write a better book, which I think you could do. Um, But do I want to like, you know, say she should never publish or this book should never come out? No, I don't think that. Do I think I'm going to read it? No. Oh, me (laughs) I do like respect the fact that she took the steps to say, I'm going to rework this. I'm going to read it. So, I mean, that's respectful. So I know it's just like, Twitter gets so riled up. There were so many Twitter scan- Twitter book scandals oh alone. God, there was so much going on on Twitter this week. There was like the ALA Council, which I can't even speak of because that was only on Twitter. And I have no idea what actually I, happened. I am still... And we asked a couple of people, like, who was it who was trying to help us Jen. out with these? Jen. Jen and she Jen was like, romance, yeah. She was like trying to help us out. And I was looking at the... Um, <laughs> so uh, we both... We both have our own Twitter accounts, and then we both monitor um, Black Chicklet. But I only do it through TweetDeck, which fucking sucks. And I can only, like, if you've ever tried to use TweetDeck on your phone, that shit sucks. It's so- all of those, like, social media things. I have to, even for work, if I manage, uh-huh. like, my work Twitter accounts, I just put it on the Twitter native app because it's, it, they're terrible. I- it's so terrible. Like, I can't see anything. So I'm trying to follow it and go along. And I saw, like... You know, she had a whole bunch of people on a thread, and then she had us, and she was like, oh, I couldn't get somebody named uh, M Dash. And I was like, <laughs> That's oh, me. That, that's me. That yeah. was me. <laughs> but then I was like, and I saw like three days prior, she had said to What I'm saying is, I'm not very good at Twitter. So <laughs> um, trying to follow this, what is it, ALA thing? Yeah. When I didn't already know um, much about the organization or the conference, and then. But I kept seeing the gist of what I was seeing was that people of color, specifically black women, were feeling kind of harassed and unwelcome there. Am I getting that wrong? Yeah, Yeah. I think there were a couple incidents. There was one incident where I think one librarian was like verbally, there was a verbal altercation with another council member. And she did not Mm. feel supported by the rest of the people who were there. Like the white Mm -hmm. people sort of just sat there and were like, and then (laughs) apparently there were a couple instances where people would go and try and get arcs. And the publishers oh, yeah. were like, no, or they were hostile about it. So it seems oh, like maybe it was like, maybe not one thing, but like an environment of uh, hostility. An environment of hostility. I would be very interested if you guys were there, like, or you have any more information about this, I would be very interested in yeah. hearing just more about it. Cause I saw it like all over the place and we love librarians. I do. I tried to become one. She did. She really, you really did. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I would just be more in, because this is like I said, this is not a space that I know much about. But um, uh, I've been listening to this other podcast. What is it? Sister Girls podcast. I can't remember. And it's like um, it's all literary theme. I'm pulling it up now. Um, what is it? It is. This, yeah. The Sister Girls podcast. And basically she's just going around doing like this whole year a bunch of interviews with black people who are associated with the book industry who might not necessarily be authors oh that's really cool isn't that awesome check that out yeah yeah so i'm like ooh, there's like this whole kind of ecosystem and she was describing it as like you know the authors are important you know that's like kind of the oil that keeps the whole machine going but she says people don't always talk about like the booktubers and the reviewers and the people in the publishing and the independent publisher, all these things who kind of like pump up and promote, um, you know, black literature. That's not, you know, the Marlon James's and the mm-hmm. Zadie Smith's and that kind of stuff. So it's like, Oh, uh, as she goes on this, I'm interested 
it, it kind of made me think like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to learn more about kind of this whole world. Yeah. And if they, you know, it, it makes me sad that all this stuff is going on and these spaces, um, people are finding them uh, unwelcoming. Yeah. It's like, you know, if your bottom line is money, if it's that dollar, then <laughs> Why are you turning away people with the arcs? Like if I come up, you know, I see a girl, she's like videotaping herself, taking a bunch of selfies or whatever, standing and getting an arc. I'm going to give it to her because you know what? She's gone to a hotel, all the little 15 year olds who follow her to read my client's books. I don't understand why you would not give someone an arc. But again, I'm not of that world. Especially so. at a professional conference like the ALA where it's mostly girl, right? librarians. Girl, right? Yeah. The funniest scandal I saw on book Twitter was apparently... There was a YA book subscription box that had a shot glass in it. And they're like, oh, why yeah. are you putting? And then apparently there was another one that had like dick shaped soap and like a, oh, no. and a, and a new adult book. And they're like, why are you putting these adult things in books that are for teenagers? It's just adults coming and crowding their way into yeah. YA. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And we talked about this a lot. I think with. Um, when we read Angie Thomas, Thomas's yes. book, um, like, you know, let the kids have YA, let them have it. Yeah. It's for them. I still am not sure what NA is, so I can't. New I adult? Can't it's a little bit more, like, ambiguous, in my opinion. Like, I accidentally so, read a new adult uh-huh. book this year, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. It's one of the better new adult books I've read, but I was like, oh, didn't know that's uh-huh. what it was. <laughs> So I think it's supposed to be, so like if YA is technically high schoolers, New Way is supposed to be like college. But would they be afraid, would they not want to see a, a, you know what I mean? Like a dick shaped soap? I don't. Would that be appropriate? I don't. (laughs) I think. I don't know. I think, see, it's the series, uh, Court of Throne and what, I can't remember, Court of Throne and Roses or whatever it is, that whole series. And I thought that series was YA. So I know there's a lot of like 14 year olds who read that book. And apparently mm-hmm. it's got like some uh, smutty sex scenes in it. So I'm like, yeah. Oh. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, let the kids be kids. <laughs> Stop trying to corrupt them. Stop trying to give them shot glasses. You can't party with the kids. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I was about to go off on a whole new tangent because something you said reminded me. There was like this Twitter thread about how the 80s, the 80s idea of like partying teenagers is no longer accurate. And they said they blame the recession or something. I have to find it. They're basically saying like when you think of kids like partying and Uh you think of like the classic 80s house party where the parents are gone and they're trashing the house and yada, yada, yada. That's not no longer accurate or like relevant to like today's teens. Mm, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because one, parents aren't leaving their house like that. And two, yeah. I guess these kids just behave better than teenagers in the and 80s. three, you know, yeah, their parents are millennials or Gen Xers. They can't afford a house. Exactly. There's that, too. And I was like, that's very interesting. So, <laughs> all right. And then our last thing sort of tub- dovetails into yeah. our talk today. So there was an article in Frolic, which is like an online publication that promotes like the romance genre and like pop culture. Okay. And it's been since removed, but it was titled um, Surviving R. Kelly, an author of bad things versus real life horror. Oh, it's surviving, surviving R. Kelly, whatever. And it's basically, (laughs) I have read this and I think Molly's Uh read it too. And I don't know what she's trying. I I did not know what she was trying to say. This may be too inside baseball for, so apparently, so there's this thing in romance called dark romance. And it's basically like where bad things happen, but it's still a romance. 
Okay. And I think, so this is what she's trying to argue, that you can have, that things that are taboo, like, so taboo things like rape and incest and I guess sexual slavery are taboo, okay. but they still still appeal, I guess, <clears throat> to the imagination of some readers. Okay. And I would argue, yes, I read, like I watch, um, I watch Criminal Minds. Yeah, I, we, we all watch a lot of shows. Yeah. Like- yeah. True crime podcasts and books are like pedestrian. But mm-hmm. there's a difference between saying I'm morbidly interested in that stuff to saying I get off on it. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm more to <laughs> left on this. It, it's fine. Like, if that's what you're into, I know that there's, you know, I'm getting away from things that we're, we're not like a, what would you call it? Like a. This isn't what's what's Amber Rose's the name of Amber Rose's show? Oh, I don't even know. I don't keep up with like Amber talk, Rose. <laughs> where she's talking all about sex and thinking about sex, and she's got a sex yeah. therapist on there. Well, because she did this in the in the in the under mm-hmm. like the guise of like romance and like this is things people want to read and like fantasize about. And I would argue, ooh, I, I mean, I, I think I think it is. I, I think it is. I mean, it is, but it's but not I romance anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't know enough about like the the outer lines of romance to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, people role play. They're into <laughs> all kinds of things. You know what I mean? That again, like I just I don't have the vocabulary to because this isn't kind of this isn't this is outside of my knowledge. But um, I think it's fine as long as you're not like hurting anybody or, you know, forcing anybody to do anything. The issue that I had was equating it to the way that she was trying to tie it into R. Kelly. Yeah. Yes. It was very Because I think, I think you could even say if you could, if you have, if you're into like kink or you're into, you know, I, I don't know, like someone was telling me about like financial dominatrix, like they had a fan they just take your money yes like she just yells at the dude and gets him to buy things for her oh where's that (laughs) that? (laughs) because i can yell and spend money right so it's like there's a whole bunch of things that people do that consenting adults do or people do on their own and fantasize about that they do on their own in safe ways that don't hurt other people and I am fine with that. Yeah. And I think that it's I think that it's good if you are examining that in light of things like these R. Kelly accusations, even though we are all been done known yeah, that R. Kelly terrible is a freak. Secret. Yeah. All these things. Um yeah. in light of Me Too, in light of all these things, you look at your particular fantasies or whatever, and you think, well, how what's going into these desires that I haven't examined them? But I think that this piece did not, like me, struggle to say struggle to say anything really insightful about that. And was just like, well, you, and it came off saying like, um, well, I like to read about dark things. I fantasize about dark things. And I'm watching R. Kelly and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It was kind of like, well, you could have you gone deeper into this subject and you could have like maybe done some research, talked to an expert, figured it out. Like, yeah. Exa- and that could have been a really interesting art article but it kind of seemed like headline grabby to just be like well this tv show came on and uh i like these you know freaky books so <laughs> there it is yeah and it, it didn't really say anything but so that's more the point the problem that i have but i respect 
again, this is outside my wheelhouse. Well, I, think <laughs> I can't can... say if anything is healthy or unhealthy. I don't, I don't know. So I, I can respect a, an opposite opinion. I think we can both at least agree that using something like R. Kelly, and at one point she mm-hmm. even mentions Hitler, um, yeah, R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, to write a piece saying, like, just to say, I like to read dark things is a bit tacky. Like, you don't need it's to bili- bring up yeah. somebody else's real abuse. Pain, yeah. yeah. So if you're not going to say, if you're not going to put any kind of like mental work into it or thought into it and be like, okay, I like this. R. Kelly came up. It made me feel bad. Now I'm going to talk and figure out why. Yeah. You know, like how we were talking about romance. It's like uh, when we were talking with Zane and you were saying that um, there was like an older trope where the woman resisted, 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 and then finally gave in. And the reason why people would like that is because they felt like they weren't allowed to just enjoy the sex. Like they had to maintain some level of purity or something like that. Like that's kind of a dark thing that people fantasized about. But you went into like the history, the context and explained it. And I didn't see any of that nuance in this piece. And I think that that's why it was kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I guess maybe at the end of the day, it's just poorly written because like, I understand you want to say, I like reading dark things. And there are people who, and she writes them. So she likes writing these dark, not so happy, sweet romances. And I feel like there's a space for that. What I don't get Mm -hmm. is trying to equate it with like real rape, real incest, real abuse. Yeah. They're two different things completely. You're always in control in your own imagination. Exactly. It's like they are two separate things and you're trying to connect them in a way that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Again, if you were saying like, hey, this is making me think, whoa, I'm kind of freaked out yeah. or I'm going to exit. She was just like, hey, there's this, there's that. Yeah. It was like two sticks laying on the ground. There's one stick, there's another stick. <laughs> and it's like, well, girl, why the fuck did you bring that up? <laughs> and I would argue that there's really no room in the world of romance for like rape and incest. You can't, you can't have a hero rape a heroine and then say like, it's a happy romance. It's like, ooh. It's, yeah, it's, and it's a victim yeah, like and it's I abuse. Said, yeah. I I'm gonna leave that up to you because I don't <laughs> fucking know. I it's not it, it, it's have this argument with Danielle. Yes, please. This is not a role this I don't wanna I don't I'm, and that's the other thing we were talking about too. It's like if this is your like, that's cool, but you know I'm always there's a lot of things fights. I keep to myself. <laughs> Why am I so feisty? Um, like, I love it though. It's like it's the great. second or third time I've been like, "Come at me about some book yeah. thing." Yeah, um, I mean, you threatened to fight one of the authors. <laughs> I don't recall that one. All the YA kids. <laughs> and then in real life, I'd probably just be scared. Um, I know. I these, these you know I I don't want all these teenagers after me. They, Did I tell you? <laughs> One time I made a joke about um, that show, The Flash. No. Did they come for you? Did the kids come they for did. you? They did. The kids came for me. <laughs> These, I, I mean, I'm so of, proud of them, but they don't play. They don't play. I just said that uh, the dude who was on Law and Order, he plays the dad, and he kind of adopted The Flash, and then he has a daughter, and they, like, fall in love. And I was like, he's happy because he only has to pay for one wedding now. <laughs> Those kids fucking came for me, Danielle. <laughs> they were like, he's happy because they're in love. And I was like, oh, 
And like these kids are fighting me, like cursing at me and shit. I was like, the fuck. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even understand really what you said. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm proud of the Gen Z. They're feisty. I love them. Like you go out here, David Hogg's out here. Mm-hmm. So okay, so we're gonna get into our actual book. I was I had thoughts to try and dovetail the frolic thing into our general romance topic, but my opinions on that are so messy, and I cannot succinctly state them verbally that I just won't even yeah. attempt it. it it's just it's it a, was a messy article. Yeah. it was not. It was it was a bad article. And as you um, said, it needs nuance. And I don't know if it I needs can nuance. Ship. And it's like I don't know if this is a subject that appeals to me enough. To go in. It honestly, I don't know if it appeals to me either. I don't like all that. Dark, yeah, the dark stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. So it's not for me. It's not for me. Maybe it's for somebody else. Maybe it's for someone listening. I don't want to say. Yeah, I don't know you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't and know like, me. So I don't mind like erotica and explicit stuff like that, where like the people are into like BDSM and role playing. I think that's something entirely different. It's when it's like abuse. It's like, oh, yeah. So, I don't. I don't. I mean, we read an erotica on here. I don't think we're gonna read it. <laughs> it wasn't very erotic. It wasn't very erotic. I still, anytime I see the news on TV now, I just burst out laughing. <laughs> just like, uh, Zoe would have given her husband a blowjob in the middle of this news report. I mean, yep. So, yeah. So that's all we're going to say on that. We're going to shift yeah. to what we came to talk about. Not embarrass ourselves any further. It's romance month. It's love Yay. month. Love month. It's the one time of the year I can get Molly to read a romance. <laughs> it's like, ooh. And so I had plans to do a contemporary this year because I don't mm-hmm. think we as a podcast have read a contemporary. We have not. But Miss Beverly Jenkins was so nice. <laughs> she was like, she was yeah, so I'll nice. speak with y'all. And I was like, well. She was like, I'll talk to you, silly dum-dums. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was I was like, ah. And so I was like, well, we got to take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So we did it. So we are reading or reread A Chance mm-hmm. at Love by Miss mm-hmm. Beverly Jenkins. Yay. It was published in 2002, so it's sort of like in the middle of her. I don't know if I, I know she's been publishing since like the 90s. So we were originally going to do Indigo, but I think it was a bit mm-hmm. heavy for us. Yeah. And I was like the whole time I was like but the slave catchers are going to get <laughs> There's some anxiety Daniel, happening. I was like I felt very anxious reading it. Yeah. So I was like let's choose something a little bit lighter. So we picked like and then we were going to do Forbidden and then I think you heard this one took place in Kansas. And you yeah. were like, let's do that one. And I saw Jake's uh, jeans on the cover. Like, <laughs> I don't know like what you're talking about the jeans. I know the mustache tweet you sent me was a dig <laughs> directly for me. And I know that was aimed at me. <laughs> Why? You hate mustaches? You didn't see the comment I left on Goodreads where you were I like. I saw the comment where you said we were both wrong. <laughs> I think I think Beverly Jenkins likes like a lot of her heroes have mustaches and I just have to oh. ignore it. I just I don't you know, I don't I don't mind a mustache. I, I love a beard, I don't mind a mustache. I, I don't I I can do beard, I can do stubble, I prefer stubble, but like just a mustache. <laughs> it, I think of Tom Selleck. <laughs> and I'm like it's it's ruined. So I just have to ignore I ignore any mentions of the mustache and just move on through my and there were a lot of mentions of mustaches in this book. There were. I mean, like, I picture Jake as just like a big old mustache <laughs> and some jeans. So Jake we're getting into it. Jake's kinda stodgy, but he gets better. So Miss Beverly Jenkins has re- has written more than thirty six full length novels. 
Damn. I know. Including historical romances and contemporary suspense romances. And then in 2017, she was awarded the RWA Nora Roberts Lifetime Achievement Award. So that was, so that's at their big conference. And she had a keynote, which uh-huh. was really cool. And she dubbed mm. herself Slayer of Words. So now when people <laughs> talk about her, they call her Slayer of Words. <laughs> <laughs> she has a new novel, Rebel, which will be released in May this year. Okay. So I thought it was going to be <laughs> coming out this oh, month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Yes. That was the one we were going to read. Yeah. So, but I got it together. So I also sort of, so we sort of picked this one because it was lighter and because it was my favorite in Kansas. Yeah. So yeah. as always, spoilers, because we're going to talk about the whole book. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also a, a, almost a 20-year-old <laughs> book. So sure you would have read it by now. I don't think this one is one of her more popular ones. So I feel like really? it's, it's sort of under the radar. So if we can get it some shine, really? I'm here for it. Interesting. Yeah, Indigo okay. is yeah, Indigo is really popular. Her new series is really really popular. Um, okay. Night Song, her first novel is really popular. I don't hear as many people talking about this one. Really yeah. interesting. So we're gonna get into it. So here's our synopsis. Um, so here we go. It's 1884, and Kansas farmer Jake Reed needs a woman to raise his two do- two young nieces, not daughters. B.B. and Dee Dee. The girls decide to take matters into their own hands and find Laura Lee Winters. Is it Laura Lee or Laura Lai? I just realized. I thought it was Laura Lai. Okay, I can't read. And find Laura Lai Winters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think well, we like, could ask her. You know, we have to come up with questions. We, it's like, oh, how do you say her name? I think I said Laura Lee in my head the entire time as I was reading. And now that I say it out loud, I'm like, that's not a name. <laughs> Laura, I don't know how, what I just said. Laura Lai. Laura Lai. <laughs> And find Lorelai Winters, a witty card shark who's just come in town with a wagon train full of mail-order brides. After persistent requests from the girls, Jake has a unique request for Lorelai. Stay on the farm and marry Jake for a year while he searches for a, quote, real wife. Curious about the life as a settled-down family woman and not wanting to break the twins' heart, Lorelai agrees. As she tries to adapt to life as a farm wife, she comes up against the town's snobby bank owner, Soul Diggs, its judgmental pastor, and his daughter, Rebecca Appleby, and, the, and a neighbor's stubborn pride, a.k.a. Matt Peterson. <laughs> what surprises her even more is her growing attraction to Jake, a man unlike most she's dealt with in her gambling life. When an, however, when an old friend comes back into town and kidnaps the girls, Lorelai feels she must leave, leave them for their own protection. She returns to Philadelphia, where she discovers that she's pregnant with Jake's child. Thanks to some, quote, friendly, I'll get on that, meddling, Jake learns about the baby, travels to Philadelphia, and convinces Lorelai to stay with him forever. And they live happily ever after. Ah, Yeah. So, so yes, um, as always, there's a lot. This one I like because there's a lot of little things that happen that I couldn't mm-hmm. put in the synopsis, but are mm-hmm. very important. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I put them in the synopsis, it would just distract from the main plot line. So we'll get into it. Makes sense. So let's go... Over our thoughts. I want to hear Molly's because ever since this could be us, but you play in, I mm-hmm. never, I cannot guess. Like, <laughs> I can read a book and I don't know, like, I don't know if Molly will love or hate this because Wait, you. ever since, <laughs> what do you mean? Ever since this could be us, but you play it and you said you oh, liked it. Oh, oh, because. <laughs> I no longer trust my judgment of what you'll like or not. Well, what did you think? I think you liked well, it. What would you guess? I love this book. You loved it? Yay! I thought it was so cute. I really, really liked it. I really, really like this book. It's so rom-com-y. I love it. It is. It was just totally adorable. <laughs> like, I really... Um, again, video news. We used to like um, this series called Harvest Moon. It was a farming simulator. And it's like your little farmer. 
and you go when we were kids you go onto a little like farm that your grandpa left you and you like woo all the neighbors and everyone gets married. <laughs> it was so one and it reminded me so much of this book. Like I was Aww. like, oh, I just want to go there and live there. It's so cute and uncomplicated and happy, even though, you know, there's kidnapping. <laughs> somebody shoots a hat off a mannequin. <laughs> it's still, yes, I was, um, well, you saw I read the book in like a day. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're also a faster reader than I am. <laughs> but That's yeah. true. So yeah, well, I'm glad, yay. Because yeah, I was I really like, like, I it. had no idea. I knew I liked it. Well, duh. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, for those who maybe knew, I am like more of the romance reader than you are traditionally. Yeah, yeah. and I had never read any romance until you started making me read romance. <laughs> I'm going to work my way in there. Yeah, so <laughs> we're going to make this work. I'm going to get you a romance mm-hmm. reader yet. Um, so yeah, so I generally like, this This is my favorite of Beverly Jenkins title because it's just so like, it's like unabashedly a rom-com. Like you have Mm -hmm. your setup, their arranged marriage. There's like Mm -hmm. all the wacky farms going, like the going ons on the farm, the girls, Mm -hmm. you get like these two precocious children who are just Mm -hmm. (laughs) running around doing things. (laughs) And it's just great. And you have like, it's just really fun. So Mm I want to talk about this. Let's just get this out of the way. This book takes place in Kansas. Yes. The place of our birth. The place of both of our births, which <laughs> I fucking loved. I was like, look at all these black people in Kansas. This is amazing. I I felt conflicted that, you know, they were bringing out the Jayhawks. Oh, and the I Tigers. did too. I was like, all this rock chalk Jayhawk talk. All this rock chalk Jayhawk. I was like, dumb shoe wearing bird <laughs> but then it's like she's right she's a thou and we've all always known it every person who lives in missouri knows the tigers were the evil slavers yes we were and on the, the jayhawks <laughs> who burned down lords and the jayhawks were the <laughs> crazy abolitionist yes so yeah we went to the university of missouri named tigers mm-hmm. for those crazy mm-hmm. slave owners and our uh-huh. alma mater like rival was the university of kansas who are the jayhawks yes. with their dumb mascot mm-hmm. Yeah, dumb smiling ass bird. <laughs> With shoes in the shoes or is it just got buckles on his feet? I'm still confused. He's got big old yellow shoes and some kind of I don't know how those shoes work. I don't know why a bird needs shoes. <laughs> He's the dumbest looking bird and I hate it. So dumb. I hate that bird. And like they rub on the ground with a rot with some limestone and they're like, look, it's chalk. So if you don't know, if you've never been to the Midwest, particularly <laughs> Missouri, like I say to people, like Missouri hates every, everyone in Missouri hates every state that touches Missouri. And it's a lot. <laughs> Especially Kansas. Especially es- Kansas. Like, and I think it's sort of mutual because I remember hearing when we were at Mizzou that there would be basketball coaches who would gas mm-hmm. up in Kansas and mm-hmm. carry extra gas because they did not want to have to stop at a Missouri gas station. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know what? It, and I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it because I I heard that uh, when MU left, what was it, the Big 12? Yes. Was that the conference we were in? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sports. When we left Big 12 and KU stayed, um, like the Kansas City newspaper ran this article about how people were feeling about it. And this guy, because if you've never been to Kansas City, um, it's like there's Kansas City, Missouri, there's Kansas City, Kansas, and they're literally across the street from each other. Yes. Um, Which is, I they, believe, unfortunately, why we were both born in Kansas. Why we were both born in Kansas, yes, even though that's where the our families, is. that's where the hospital is because our families lived in KCML. And the bigger, you know, mo- the big city is in KCML. Yeah. 
And so this guy in Kansas, like they were quoting the, the star was quoting this guy from Kansas and he was like, um, well, I have the cancer and, um, my doctors are in Missouri and he is like, but I will not step foot in that state again. Really? Yes. And I was like, you newspaper have published this opinion as if it were sane. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. He was so angry that Wazoo, like MU had left the conference and left KU that he was like, I would rather die. And they have not played each other since. Like, MU keeps trying to, like, because they used to have this thing that I now realize was very The Border Wars. Yeah, very (laughs) insensitive name. A football game called The Border Wars. And there'd be, like, a trophy that would go back and forth. Kansas has not played us since because they are still here. Because they're angry. They're so mad. And it it was a big, big event in Kansas City, too, because it's, like, so Kansas City is, like, right between, well, it's closer to Lawrence, but, um... You know, it's it's yeah. as close as you could be in Missouri <laughs> to Lawrence, Kansas. And, like, people would come, and it was, like, a huge thing. They would play football. It was, like, big, 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 big. Like, my whole life, people were either KU fans or MU fans. KU, MU. And now it's just, like, you know, years of spite ahead of us. <laughs> it's, like, it's so ridiculous. I just love it. I just love it. I can't hate too, I can't hate Kansas University too much because as my the story my mother loves to tell me is about mm-hmm. how if I were not born at the KU Medical Center, <laughs> I would not have survived. And she tells me this story often. So I was like, I, and is this because that other hospital that's closer is a little sketch? That's what. So yeah, this must in Kansas City. Apparently, my family lived in Kansas City when I was born, and like mm-hmm. the good hospital was in Kansas, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. all these sketchy hospitals were on the Missouri side. So I bet there's a huge that's contingent true. of Kansas City citizens who are mm-hmm. Missouri residents, but who are born on the Kansas side, because that's where the good hospital is. Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, yeah me and my brother, but one brother was born in that other hospital I bet she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. And it was, yeah. Because <laughs> it was a teaching hospital. She said, yeah, if you were born at that Missouri hospital, you probably would not have survived. And she just says it really casually too, which is also kind of chilling. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I guess I okay you my life. Wow. I guess so. <laughs> and I my guess our freedom. My mom took my... Uh, <laughs> my mom took my great aunt there she hit her eye and people like started like brawling like just fist fighting in that other hospital <laughs> in the missouri hospital. waiting room in the missouri one yeah and um she said they had to tuck and roll she had to like put her hand she went like they were like running out i love kansas city so much it's so wild <laughs> apparently my dad was really upset when we left for st louis i don't oh, yeah. remember i was three but apparently my mom's like yeah he didn't want to leave <laughs> Well, that's because, was your dad from Kansas City? No, I think he was like, oh, okay. his parents were actually from like Alabama or some black oh, okay. southern place. But he, I think he just liked Kansas City that much more, which I get well, it. People I, from St. Louis are constantly asking me if I'm from Kansas <laughs> Even out here, if I wear Royals out there, like, you from Kansas City? I'm like, yeah. It's like, what you got? <laughs> Fucking Royals. We got the car. What I, you got? Uh, Tech Nine. We got Nelly. <laughs> I don't do that interstate stuff. I love Kansas City. That's where I was born. So, uh, well, thank you listeners for allowing us this Midwestern moment. We just had. (laughs) Missouri moment. moment. That's just to say we were both very excited 
um, that this took place in Kansas. Yeah, black representation it, in a historical novel yeah. that takes place in Kansas. How rare. That's amazing. Yeah. And it felt very Midwestern to me. Like there was a scene where BB or Dee Dee is sitting like on the port. There's so much port shitting in there, <laughs> so which I adore. Because <laughs> that's what we did. We sat on the porch. Everybody had a porch. Everybody sat on it. But she's like sitting on the porch and her like she's got bare feet and she's like kicking the grass or something. And I was like, this feels so. And uh, uh, Lorelai's constantly complaining about how humid and hot it is. It's always <laughs> storming. It felt very like very Midwest to me. Yes. And Lorelai, who's from I believe she her she's been everywhere, but I believe she's mm-hmm. originally from like Philadelphia or is she from Louisiana? I think, yeah, she's from down south, maybe Kentucky or Alabama or yeah. something. Yeah, you're right. It is Kentucky. But she's used to spending time in, like, big cities. And she, like, mm-hmm. she complains a lot about, like, how there's <laughs> nothing to do. And yeah. it's kind of like a backwater. And she's like, oh, I like it when she goes to the store. And she's like, this store ain't going to carry my hand cream. And, like, <laughs> right. And it's, like, the very first thing she does. <laughs> she, like, hops off the wagon. She's like, I'm staying here for a year. She rides into town and she looks for some lotion. <laughs> And that's relatable. That's right. That's super relatable. Um, let's talk about our two main characters. We got Jake let's. and we got Lorelai. And I kind of love mm-hmm. Lorelai because she's just always cutting someone down with like, who deserves Lorelei. it? She, she doesn't hate on people who don't deserve it. But when somebody comes to her backwards, sideways. She, oh, my God. She's got, she fucking dunked on people. <laughs> I can't figure out. I'm pretty sure we have the same one highlighted. I cannot figure out which is my favorite line. If it's sheriff, I'm wanted everywhere, but not by the law. I love that one. Or if it's sir, I've been insulted by men much taller than you, so I'll see you around. <laughs> I love that one too. Like she just, she just had so like anything anybody said, she had a comeback for it. <laughs> and it wasn't. It, sometimes like the people will do this and like you know, narratives and books, TVs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, it could be a little bit corny. You're like, okay, I get it. But sh- like all of her comebacks <laughs> were fucking spot on. <laughs> like they were hilarious. She could be so mean, but it, like you said, it was never to anyone who didn't come for her first. <laughs> She's roasting people left and right. It was <laughs> so great. And then, so then you got her, she's spicy. So she's a card shark. She's not a card shark because that's a, that's a thing, right? That's like when you cheat at cards, right? Yeah. She's yeah, just she a doesn't cheat. professional yeah. gambler. She'd be like in a mm. poker league if she were around today. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And she's rich. She's fucking <laughs> loaded. And I don't, you don't really get to see how rich she is until like the very end when she's like, oh, one of my chauffeur first came to pick me up to take me to one of my houses. And she like go, and it's like, bitch, you rich. She's got money, honey. You have money. Yeah. And so, and <laughs> which I loved because it's like, she's, um, you know, not the kind of typical romance heroine you think of if you're not familiar with romance, you know what yeah. I mean? She's mm-hmm. not inexperienced. She's not vulnerable. She's not dumb. She's a little older. And I appreciate that, too. Yeah, she's experienced. She's like, she like kicks the door. She jumps on this wagon train. Everybody loves her. She's like funny. She's like, she knows what she wants. I did see, um, because now you have me on Goodreads. (laughs) (laughs) I was like looking at the reviews and I saw like the top negative review or something. It was a one star. Yeah. And they were saying like. Disagreed with it? Yeah. I was like, you missed the point, but that's fine. Everyone. She was like, uh. She thought both the leads are problematic and she was like so angry at Jake, which we'll get to. 
um, and all these things. And then her, she had like all these hashtags for criticisms and it was like hashtag heroin, not a virgin. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, was that, I don't know if that's a problem or if that's just a shelf. Like I know some people when they read a lot of romance, uh, they'll have like tropes. Like, so okay. yeah, just to organize things. I see. Because I was like, Ooh, that is a specific <laughs> that's spicy. Yes. Critic- that's a spicy. That's a hot take. If ever I've seen one. Yeah. And I also liked like, she had a lot of, I just liked, I like hearing this stuff in historical. I like hearing like, yeah, talk to about the clothes. I want to hear about mm-hmm. the clothes. I want to hear about like all the historical things you need to be like a full adult woman mm-hmm. with no running water or electricity or whatever. So mm-hmm. I liked it when she like describes her gowns and the fashions and all the things she had shipped from back East because apparently Jake <laughs> like lives like a monk. Her... <sighs> Which I want to I get to, but I did like that she had her bathtub shipped. Yes. She's like, and like all of her soaps, she was like, mmm, hog farm, huh? Then <laughs> she said for her bathtub. And then they had to leave it outside, which was, I get it, olden times. So yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say. I just, her her quips, she she has terrible friends. Terrible friends. Oh my we'll god, get terrible. It Even the not, like, beyond the guy who's kidnapping. Her two other friends back in Philadelphia are just like the med- meddlesome twosome. Oh my god! <laughs> just all in her up. business. Because at some point, I just started like posting gifts. <laughs> you did. Half of Molly's notes are just gifts, <laughs> which makes sense. How I respond on Twitter to things, but yeah, um, yeah. So Lorelai, I I'm trying to think of even outside of romance, like another like heroine in a book that I just enjoyed this much. <laughs> She's so fun. She is just so, so fun. And I guess I was reading that she comes from another book. Like, she's a side character in another book. Yes. In the author's note, she talks about how... So I didn't know this, and I'm glad, because she comes in on the wagon train. And the first time I read this, I remember thinking, I want to know what happened on that wagon train. And <laughs> right. I think it must be in the other in um, another book. Well, I think it's like... Or like a companion book or something that takes well, place... Well, I don't think it takes place on the wagon train. Because I was trying to figure out, okay, where can I read more about Lorelai? <laughs> and this other book is like in Philadelphia or something. And it's like this girl, she's an investigator, journal, investigative journalist. Oh, is that and vivid? And she's like vivid, I think. So I think she's in that book. I don't think that she, like there's another story where it's about her and this journey or these people. Yeah, I don't think so either. I just wanted it. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, we're going to talk to Miss Beverly and we could just be two adorable <laughs> knuckleheads. people from knuckleheads from Kansas. We're going to ask her questions and be like, so when is the when's the follow up to a chance of love coming? Because, <laughs> like, I want to know about their baby. The little baby. Yeah. yeah. What happened? I want to see the girls. I wanted to see that race. You know, I wanted to go back to what is it? Hanks, Kansas and learn more about what happens next. But I don't think that there's a follow up. Or anything with any more of these characters. Yeah, I'm trying to... This girl I was looking. I was trying to think if there's another single person in town who she could write a spinoff about. Everyone's pretty much paired up. Everyone's booed up, yeah. Except Rebecca. No, she died. No, Millie died. Rebecca's still alive. Millie died. Yeah. Rebecca, well, who wants to read about (laughs) her? So our hero is Jake. Mm -hmm. And Jake has got the unsexiest (laughs) occupation you could... (laughs) Hog farmer. That's how everybody referred to. Him. Is this the hog farmer? It, they do it so 
extremely rudely. They do, yeah. They're so rude about it. <laughs> and he's like, he's more than that. He's also like the town vet and doctor mm-hmm. question mark because he yeah, went he went to Howard for a <laughs> semester is what I get and then came uh-huh. back home. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's stodgy. He it takes a while for him to grow on you. Yeah. It so so um. Let's get into it, because I think if we start talking about him, we're going to... So, basically, Lorelai comes in on this wagon train full of mail-order brides from back east to um, this tiny little um, enclave in Kansas called Hanks. And so all the women on the train have come because they, you know, men have ridden to them and such and so, and they're all going to get married to some of the younger men in town. Lorelai is like, that's cool. I was just really trying to get to California. I don't really know what she was going to do in California. I think she was just going to go. She sort of says she's like restless and she likes to move around. And who knows? She probably owns property out there. We don't even know about. She probably does. (laughs) She's like this, you know, very adventurous person. She's, like I said, like 35, um, unmarried. But you kind of get a hint that she's led this uh, uh, interesting life. So she is seeing all the brides at this party and like all these guys come up to her because everyone talks about how beautiful she is. And uh, this dude like bounces up on her. He's like, Hey, you want to get married? And she's like, no. And people are like, you want to get married? And she's like, no. And she like runs out because she's like so exhausted by it. And she sees these two little twin girls who are dressed like little <laughs> ranch hands. They are. Oh, she makes the scene she describes is really sad. It's like denims and their braids are cock- <laughs> cockneyed, like because whoever did them doesn't know how to braid properly. Uh-huh. And then you know what hurts worse? I thought when I first read this and when I reread it, I thought Jake was doing the braids. We later learn Rebecca <laughs> comes over and does I the know. braids. And I'm like, there's no That's excuse. So there's no excuse. I thought that too. Um, they're just kind of unkempt. And so they're like, uh, we're looking for a new mama. <laughs> she's like, she's like, what? And they're like, yeah, we live with our uncle. Their mother died on a horse. Yes, yeah, a horse accident. A horse accident where one of the little girls, Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Mm-hmm. Dee Dee's the quieter tip. Mm-hmm. She's more fearful than BB, who's like the ex- outspoken one. Mm-hmm. Um, Dee Dee was on the horse with her. And um, I think that's how she got the scar on her face, right? They never stated straight out, but that's what I sort of inferred. Yeah. Um, And so they're like, we need a mama. There's an accident. There's not too many details about what happens to their mom. Um, Yeah, we just know she got pregnant and I think the father left. So she was by herself dealing with them. And then, yeah, she died when the girls must have been like seven. I think it's like it's been a, it hasn't been long since they've been with Jake. Mm hmm. And so, um, can I just say the like, quote that I like? Yeah, go ahead. It's like the girls go, and I don't remember which one who says it because I didn't highlight that. But it's like we need a mama, and since Uncle Jake didn't want to come and pick one out, we decide we do it ourselves. And I think they I just so put cute. sisters are doing things for themselves. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they're they're tired of Jake shit. <laughs> are they're like you need to get, we want a mama. They asked him repeatedly. And he's like, ah, oh, I don't know. He's like you said, what did you say? Stodgy. Stodgy, yeah. He's just, you know, feeding the hogs, going to his <laughs> union meetings. He's he does not have the time. Well, he thinks he doesn't want to have to give up what he's doing and mm-hmm. raise the girls. And then at some point I think he realizes that he can't keep that up. Yeah, that he needs more help, that they need someone to kind of be there for him in ways that he can't. Um 
So then uh, uh, Lorelai's like, well, I'm just going to take you back home because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like these unaccompanied minors. <laughs> and um, Jake uh, comes up and um, he's riding on like this big ass horse or something, right? Is this <laughs> where this is? It's um, I think he like he notices that they're missing and he starts mm-hmm. looking for them. Uh, because oh yeah, it switches back and forth between the two of them. Yeah, and so because there's a line where like she sees him coming for she has the girls on her carriage or her hack. I can't remember what she's riding at this point. And there's a line that I highlighted because I loved it where she sees him coming and it's the first time she sees him and she goes, the horse was from good stock and so was he. And I just <laughs> love that line. Because <laughs> it's like a casual observation. And so he comes out. Lorelai's just like, hmm. Exactly. So he comes up and she like, and he's like, she's like, your girls, I found them at the train station. Mm-hmm. No, that's before that. She found them at where the uh, brides were picked up. Because they do yeah, this twice. Yeah, the party at the church. Yes. Yeah, they do do it twice. They do this twice, and I am mixing it up. Yeah, so uh, he basically, like, he has them come back. They all go back to the farmhouse. She sees the farmhouse. She's like, oh, you know, she's kind of imagining, like, what would it be like to live out here, have a family, all these things. And that's when they meet um, Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> And so Jake is like, oh, you know, the girls ran away. And she's like, you should beat them. She was take a switch to them. Yeah. She like immediately she's like, you need to strap those girls. And so Jake, this is kind of when you see like maybe he's not this kind of, you know, proto villain. <laughs> I think he is. He's kind of like, really, no. He's that? really progressive when it comes to his nieces. Like he wants he them really to be is. independent and spirited and mm-hmm. be like smart and be able to handle things. He just doesn't view women his own age because <laughs> he says a lot of these really offensive things. Like, why does she, why do they need to learn to take care of money? Their husbands do that, or like that's a husband's <laughs> job to take care of the money or something. And I I fucking love the comeback that uh, Lorelai told the kids to say because she's like, girls should know how to do it without uh, men's help or interference. <laughs> she trains. <laughs> like, I was like, damn, baby. <laughs> And he kind of um, likes that, though. He's like, he, he wouldn't does. mind it if the girls grew up to be like her. Like Lorelai. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he's like, I think he like he even says it. I don't even think it's like coming to a realization. He's just like, well, maybe they don't want husbands. So they're going to have to figure out how to do these things. On, so they should know how to do these things on their own. It's like, oh, yeah, it's pretty progressive. He, yeah. He's learning. He's yes. learning. It, but then at the same time, when it comes to his his nieces, he like doesn't think that doesn't want to think of any barriers for them. Right. But he doesn't, he's not aware of like the barriers he puts up with his own like relationships and things. <laughs> Jake has, Jake has some things he's got to work through. <laughs> he does. It takes him a minute. It takes so, him a minute, but he gets there. And I think it takes her coming because like, so, so like we said, they do this twice. So she brings them back home. She realizes mm-hmm. she's missed her train. She mm-hmm. has to go back to the boarding house. And so for the next time she's at the train station, she's at this station. These two little girls are trying to buy a train ticket to who knows where. <laughs> you know, the conductor's like, you have no money. and she, uh, You are uh, literal BB's like, children. <laughs> BB's like, I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> I want to get on the train. <laughs> so Lorelai takes them back again. <laughs> and Jake is kind of like, what? And he's like, well, girls, why do you keep going after her? And they're like, we really like her. We really want her to be our mother. And so Jake is like, oh, okay. So he like 
goes out to see Lorelai because she's Mr. Train again. <laughs> she poor thing. I feel <laughs> bad for like her cab or her hack driver because he unlo- they t- describe how he unloads all her boxes and trunks <laughs> right. multiple times. Multiple times. Um, and uh, uh, so he makes this proposition to her and he's like, well, would you think about staying here for a year um, and kind of helping them, you know, acclimate? And then while I look for a real wife and then after a year, you know, we can part ways. Right. And so she's like kind of mock offended, but (laughs) she's also like, well, you know, I've done everything else. So why not this? It's like another adventure to go on. Another adventure. And she cares for the girls by this point. And she does. Yeah. She, because, um, so Lorelai, we're slowly learning more about her and we learned that, um, she was born a slave. Um, and then, uh. Her was she? I, I think she was. I think she was because I think there's a point point where he asked her, "Were you born free or slave?" And she says, "A slave." And I'm not embarrassed by that. Or oh, something you're right. Like that. Mm-hmm. And so then her father was like a white guy, and he and the mother like ran off, and then the mother died. The and mother so, was murdered. <laughs> oh, sorry. The mother was murdered because uh, Lorelai's paternal grandmother and their family sent people to the house to burn it down. Exactly. So they burned down the house with the mother in it. She died, which is like, oh my God. It was brutal. They took the baby, sold the baby into slavery, Lorelai. The father finds out about it. He uh, goes down, rescues her. And then from then on, the two of them are like living this hobo lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Going from like card den to cat house. And he's like teaching her the ways of <laughs> a gambler. <laughs> Scammer gam- gambler. Um, and then she, um, so she sees the girls and she knows that they're without their mother and she's like, she remembers how hard that was for her. And so she's kind of, she has a soft spot in her heart for these girls. And, um, there's like, uh, some really cute scenes where they're like outside of the farmhouse and, um, BB and Dee Dee tell her like they, um, are looking up at the stars and they're like, you know, that's how we talk to our mother and we pray to her and they uh, pointed out a star and like, they're like, that's the mother basically. And um, uh, there's a scene where Jake, and this is the first time like my heart like twinged for Jake and he like looks up and he's like, oh, um, your baby brother needs help like with raising the girls that he sees a shooting star. And I thought that was all so adorable and so cute. But I want to point out that that star, <laughs> the North Star, is already taken. It's taken by um, by uh, uh, Zoe and Zoe and them. You know what? Jake and Laurel, Jake and the girls were smarter about it because they didn't pay anyone no damn money for a certificate. <laughs> so it was the North star. star. I didn't even think about that. Why will those two haunt me for the rest of my life? <laughs> it's it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's it's literature. Everyone is a reference to everyone else, Danielle. Um, even though I think this book was written first. No, no, no. 2002, it came out later. 2002, it came out later. So um, that star, sorry, BB and Dee <laughs> your poor dead mother. But that star is taken. Well, the so book, we pay good money for that star. <laughs> the book came out later, but I'm pretty sure they were born before Zoe and Jason, You know what? Doesn't so. even matter because Zoe renamed it. She bought it. <laughs> <laughs> And we technically don't know what year Zoe was born because she lives forever in 1998. I mean, it could have been like 1776. 
<laughs> I have no idea what time Zoe was alive. Oh my gosh. Some kind of like, what's that in Superman where they throw the bad guys into like the the Phantom Zone? It's just like forever oh. 1998. <laughs> yeah. She's at the Matrix. <laughs> So I think one thing I wanted to, so we did uh-huh. that he goes to her mm-hmm. and he decides to do this. One thing we don't kind of touch on it. I don't think Lorelai does either. She mm-hmm. was thinking she would just live on for a year. But yeah. Jake's like, no, we have to get married. Yeah. Because if you live here without being married, it'll subject the girls to gossip. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, well, well, what? <laughs> she, she's like, wait a minute. I didn't think this through because now she has to get ma- like, cause she didn't want to do that. I don't think she was just no. like, yeah, I'll just hang out and mother. Yeah. She's like, why can't you hire me as a governess? Yeah. And I don't, I thought that too. I'm like, why can't you just hire her as a governess? Yeah. I think he had an answer for that, but I can't remember. He, I can't he probably did. Like he has an answer for everything. <laughs> he has an answer for everything like Jake does. So, <laughs> so they've got to plan a wedding and like mm-hmm. he wants it. He says at the beginning, like, this is just a match for convenience. This is not a love match. Mm-hmm. So, oh, he doesn't have, he just says no. she's like like, then why do it why not do it then why not do this my way hire me as a governess or something no he said his voice quiet but final we'll marry next saturday (laughs) i was like uh okay (laughs) okay jake sure jake yeah so they got to get married and so what happens after sorry i'm like trying to get to the (laughs) i know it's like this first part is kind of it's not slow but it's like a lot of it's like a lot of like a small details. It is. And it's sort of like a, like life. Yeah. An exposition. And I like it, but I'm trying. I like it, yeah. Oh, this is when they meet. Sorry. I remember where we are now. This is when they, after this, they meet Diggs. Soul mm-hmm. Diggs, who was the, the bank owner. Mm-hmm. And he's the one he gets, he, he's the one who gets the, <laughs> I've been insulted by men taller than you line. And yeah. I love it. So, one of the things we learn in this book is a lot of history. And one of the histories that we learn about is the history of sort of like the labor movement, the Knights mm-hmm. of Labor. And so what we learn is that Sol Diggs, the banker, is really against the farmers and Hanks collecting. Unionizing. Yeah, unionizing mm-hmm. and forming this union. And one of those farmers, while BB's in the bank with DD and B. Blah! So many names. <laughs> Lorelai is in the bank with DD and BB. And she's showing them. How, how to, to lose like some money. Exactly. How to handle money because she's decided uh-huh. she's going to stay. She needs her things and she needs money and she wants to show them so that they can be independent women. She has mm-hmm. this great line about um, you need to speak up, girls, because, oh. Oh, because oh, men can't always hear you, especially what? men won't always hear you, especially when you're talking about money. Yes, it's a pretty great line. And so while they're there, this farmer, Matt Peterson, comes storming in because the bank has foreclosed on his land and he has five kids and he... He's not even he's not even being allowed to wait until the harvest to where he can sell his crops, bring some money in and pay down on his mortgage. So Lorelai sees all this and she buys the mortgage from Soul Diggs, who we learn thinks she's I don't know what he thinks he's going to do. She he does not think that she's going to turn around and give it to the farmer. That's for sure. Yeah, because he just they just kind of sit back. He's like, well, fat cats. He's like, Haha, you bought up a whole bunch of land out here. Yeah. So she buys it. So that's one of the um, subplots because she later goes and gives it to Matt Peterson. Matt Peterson is kind of a dick about it. Oh, like, yeah. Well, well, we could get to that. Yeah. So um, sorry, I jumped ahead. Go ahead, Molly. That's okay. No, no, no. Um, because I really like this scene where they go into town and she's like, because um, I, okay, so um, 
Jake's farmhouse has like not one lick of furniture. None in it. of it. None of it. He's got the girls just like in a bed and a dresser, and that's it. And that's fucking it. And so he explains that his father. Um, so th- they were all born free on the Kansas side, and they were Jayhawkers, and they were like running around with um, Rock Brown shock Jayhawk. <laughs> Like, just being all crazy and, like, fucking all over town, basically. And his dad was kind of like a wild man, even though he was, like, a a godly person, too. I don't really know. Well, he left his mother, and he, he said when he wasn't, he left his mother to go fight in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And Jake was mad because he's like, I could have fought. My mother needed him to stay home. Right. And then after the war, it's like he But leaves. he's also fucking around yeah, on the mother while he's Yeah, he's an adulterer. Mm-hmm. And then the mother dies. Jake's mother dies while... um the father's out when he comes back he's like <laughs> penitent and he sells all everything in the house even all of bonnie's dolls like all the furniture and everything yeah. and spends all day every day up in the attic room just like praying and like being mad that you know the kids aren't doing that same thing with him yeah he wants them so, to pray for mm-hmm. his soul which i think is a very yeah. selfish thing to make your children like pray for my soul to be redeemed and it's like right that's, that's you that's your conversation with god Right. Everyone sit down. It's like I sold all, all your things. <laughs> so all you, all we could do is sit up here and pray for me. So. Exactly. It's selfish. <laughs> so there's no furniture. And Lorelai's looking around. She's like, this will not do. So she goes into town. She goes to the bank. And then she goes to um, the store and the seamstress. And she's like, you know, little girls need things. Like they need like hairbrushes and they need underclothes and they need stockings and they need you know, roller skates, which is adorable. <laughs> so they they first go to the dressmaker, um, Millie. Millie Tate. Is Millie Tate, who is Rebecca's best friend. And I don't think we explained quite who Rebecca is. She's kind of taking care of the girls, kind of courting Jake. She's the daughter of the preacher, mm-hmm. but she's like super mean. She like is braiding their hair and put a like I don't know, some, some kind, kind of steak oil on steak it. Steak oil on their hair. She's very judgmental. She's extremely judgmental, really hateful, and her friend Millie is, you know, cut from the same cloth. So when they go in to get um Lorelai is like, you girls cannot be wearing overalls to the wedding. <laughs> Do you want to wear some dresses? The girls are like, yeah. They go to the dressmaker, Millie, and she's just, like, hella rude. She, she's is, like, she, like, throws a book on the table. Yeah, the pattern book. She's like, here, throws it. And so Lorelai, with another, like, you know, of her womanly lesson, she's like, oh, we don't have to uh, buy nothing from you. And so Millie's like, well, where are you going to go? And Lorelai's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I think they go over to the general store. She finds, like, a Bloomingdale's catalog. Yes. And orders, like, two of literally everything. Yes. she. It's implied she spends a lot of money. A lot of money. Also at the general store, what's really funny is I think if we go back, when Jake approaches, when he's looking for Lorelai to, like, mm-hmm. make his proposition, he finds her in the sheriff's office playing poker oh, yeah. with, like, four other men. <laughs> And so when Lorelai comes, and one of them is the general store owner, Burt Green, mm-hmm. I believe. And so mm-hmm. when she shows up at the general store, he starts, like, sweating. He does yeah. not like the fact that she's there. <laughs> and she sort of looks yeah. down on him because of, like, what a coward. Like, Yeah, because he's kind of like, well, these men are married. And I think she says something. What did she say? Because I highlighted this line. Because uh, they're all, like, talking about who's going to walk her home. Oh, yes. And, um... <laughs> Uh-huh. He was like, well, he can't walk you home. She's married. He's married. He's like, I'm not going to, you think I'm going to hold him down and force him to renounce his marriage vows? 
yeah, like in an alley. I can't find the line, but it's really funny. Like just her with the quips. She's like so on it the whole time. And so um, when he comes into the, when they go to the, basically like he comes into the general, something happens and he sees him again and he's like sweating and he's like, oh, oh, sorry. No, Lorelai sees the general store owner and he's acting like he doesn't know her. Right. You know, he, in he, the he light yeah. of day. He don't know her. <laughs> she mm-hmm. like sort of like looks down at him. So uh-huh. yeah, they order all the things. And then Jake gets kind of mad about it. Jake gets mad about everything, but he doesn't get so mad. Like he never gets so mad that I'm like pissed off at him. He just gets like real sulky and then he goes to like feed the hogs. And Lorelai is like, cool. And she does what she wants to do. Because <laughs> it's like, it, it's a good, it was a good move on Miss Beverly's part. She's like, this is her money. Like nobody yeah. can tell her what to do, you know? Yeah. And I like, when we get to the end, I like that she has all that money. Because then, like, when she does find out she's pregnant, she can stay away and do her own thing. But that's jumping mm-hmm. to the end. Yeah. Um. So, you know, there's a lot of scenes about, like, her kind of setting up the house and getting to know the girls. Um, there are all these, like, really cute subplots that really, like, lean into the rom-com-y. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, the domesticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's a horse race that they keep talking about, the circle, and, you know, they got to train up for the horse race. Um, I really like the scene where the, like, where she says Monday is laundry day. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> every woman knows it, and the girls are like, I don't know about that. <laughs> there is, so let's get to the romance, because when she deci- realizes she's staying, she has to go mm-hmm. tell her mail order friends. Mm-hmm. And so she goes and t- tells them, this is sort of after, like, she set up how she's bought the things. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to her friend Trudy and her friend Trudy mm-hmm. has like the other friends over and she's like, I'm getting married. And like one of the questions that's pointedly asked her is like, what happens if you fall in love with them? And she's right. like, well, that's not about to happen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I think you said when it was like narrator, that is exactly like, what, what happened. <laughs> because like, um, and they're like, is it going to be, and they also want to know, is it going to be a real marriage? Mm-hmm. And like, she doesn't. Everyone wants to know if she's going to be fucking Jake. Even the kids. They're like, are you all going to kiss? Yeah. <laughs> And she has them, she like turns them on Jake just to see his reaction to the kids asking like, are you going to kiss Miss Lorelai? Mm-hmm. And he's so, he's so easily flustered. He is. And I think it's like, so one thing that I really loved about Jake was like, he was the cook. So he's like always <laughs> he making breakfast and she's always like bringing up these subjects, like right when he's about to like put out the breakfast and he's like, you know, stammering and everything. He's like, <laughs> I, I, da, da, da. and it's just, it was just very adorable like i found him to be just a very adorable and likable character like he's did he like bow to the the chicken, the chicken or something the <laughs> he was like thank you you're he's just very very cute even though he's a little a little stodgy as you he say. is he gets better and i think one of the things that sort of starts it <laughs> let's uh-huh. just get into that is at some point they've had this attraction back and forth and so mm-hmm. they decide to give into it and she takes him upstairs to her room uh-huh. And they have the most awkward sex <laughs> I've ever read about in a book. It was, even though you warned me about it, it was <laughs> hilarious. Like, like I think that this really shows Beverly Jenkins' um, strength as a writer. And the strength as, of a writer of genre, like, yeah. overall. Because it's like, it goes right into, like, she starts hitting, like, all the tropes. Like, you know, it's a, it's a rainy night. They're in this big bed. Like the ripping open the clothes and everything. And it's like getting you, it's like a um, roller coaster, (laughs) like going off the tracks and it's hitting like everything you imagine. Even if you don't 
have never read romance, everything you would imagine like a romance writer would put in a romance scene. It's going, going, going. <laughs> like they have sex for like 30 seconds and then it's like a sheer drop. It's just done. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I think she thinks that to herself. Was that it? I and think she's like, she explicitly that says that. Well, yeah. I, I read it and I was like, oh, that was a very short. Yeah. So, it's just because you think like there's all this lead up and you really think it's going to be, okay, here is the the scene. Here's like the... They're you know, coming Mary, together. Exactly. But nope, it's like a total beta switch. And it was, <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, because Jake is really, he knows he's done something wrong. And he's mm-hmm. like kind of, I guess, offended. I don't even know what to describe his emotions. He's like, he realizes that she's not happy with what just happened. And he has never had to deal with that. Right. Because all of so his experiences was, <laughs> leading up to that have been sort of yeah. transactions. Yeah, this is where the education of Jake Reed <laughs> really begins. Because at first I thought he was a virgin, but it turns out like his dad, you know, father of the year, like started taking him to hookers <laughs> at 16. So he slept with a bunch of hookers and then he slept with this lady who was married like a couple of times. But other than that, nothing. And so when he goes and he sees Lorelai and when he, it, it's interesting that when he comes to her, he's not angry. He's just like, kind of like what happened like i don't even know he doesn't know and what he's done wrong yeah exactly he's just like he's like well, what, what happened and she's like well don't you think i want to like it too and he's like it's like what's that head exploding gift and he's like what <laughs> well because he says up until then he says something about like how the hookers in town he goes to charge by the quarter hour <laughs> so he's <gotta, laughs> it's like damn jake <laughs> he's gonna be quick <laughs> and so she has this line she that's um really good it's like you know, what we did back there can be a lot more fun when both people get to play. Mm-hmm. And this sort of like blows his mind because he had been taught as his education that good women, quote unquote, don't enjoy it. Don't enjoy it. And I love the line where she said he says something like that. And she's like, uh, oh, a man told you that, huh? <laughs> yes. And he can't say anything because it's true. And um, so that's where they like raise this thing where she's going to teach him and he gets lessons mm-hmm. sort of what Molly said. I love that. The education. And he, of is, he is excited. He is ready. <laughs> he is ready to go. He's like, yes, please. Is like, he? I like that. I think so. I he, Maybe for like half a second, he was like, no. And then he was like, mm, or yes, because <laughs> it's, he doesn't have much hesitation to it. He's like, hmm. Okay, yeah, I could get well, with this. Yeah, once things get started, I just like love this scene, like because the scene after that ends with them in their like respective beds, and he's like mm-hmm. punching the pillow, and he's like, <laughs> ah, and he's like, his pride is kind of hurt, and then we cut to Lorelai, she's like, I guess I'm gonna have to teach this man what I know, and she just and like she curls turns over, and, over goes and goes to sleep. sleep. <laughs> like she's never slept better because <laughs> he's out. Like he, so he gives her the bed. And he goes to sleep behind the bar. <laughs> you said something like this wouldn't have happened if they just got a damn couch. If he had a couch, it wouldn't have happened. Because he's sleeping like on a blanket on the ground behind the bar. And it's like, you could have at least slept in the house, Jake. Oh, my God. No, so it, he's like so fun, like so sad. And he's he, he does. He punches the pillow. And Lorelai's like sleeping really peacefully. I'm trying to find uh, more ways we could describe the really awkward scene, but it goes so fast. I mean, you could just read it. I mean, we really can. Uh, 
where did it, let's see. He set her down on the hard bed and immediately began to shuck out of his braces. I don't know what braces are. And his trousers. She hastily undid the buttons of her jacket, then tossed the garment aside. Nude from the waist down, Jake joined her on the narrow bed. The power of, her, of his kisses melted her back, back and down. And she groaned as he pushed her dress up to her thighs and boldly stripped away her satin drawers. He eased her legs apart, filled her, and she sighed with joy. Three strokes later, he shuddered and was done. He withdrew from her and left the bed. His breathing filled the silence of the room. I didn't really, I didn't realize he got up off the bed. Like he didn't even like. He was like, "I'm done." He walked away. He walked away, and Lorelai said, "They're like bamboozled." She's like, "The fuck just happened?" She's like, "That was it. For all intents and purposes, she was still fully clothed. For heaven's sakes, this can't be happening." She told herself. So this sort of starts, yeah, because before this, they had just kissed and like she like got him to finally say her name as opposed to calling her Miss Winters. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she had any clue. She knew he wasn't a sophisticated man, but she had no idea. Yeah, because she keeps telling people she was like, no way God would make a man that fine. <laughs> <laughs> like She says it with like such confidence, too. And I think then afterwards, there's like this great metaphor I had marked. Like he's as handy as a fish with a deck of cards <laughs> in bed. So, yes, yeah, so there's that. And they do sort of begin this, this like, education mm-hmm. that sort of starts with hand jobs. A lot of hand jobs. Yeah. Or, or is that, okay, this is a blue conversation, but I just need to know. Mm-hmm. Is it hand jobs when it's men and finger banging when it's women? Or is it both? I hate the word, fing- I hate the word finger banging, and that's why my voice keeps going down every time I say it. Oh, you know, I never even thought about it, I mean- honestly. <laughs> I need the right terminology. <laughs> the right terminology. Do women get hand jobs? Ask Google. <laughs> I'm afraid to put that into my Google. So so they have this sort of thing that changed. They still don't share bedrooms, though. Yeah. Like, she gets the big bathtub. And I fucking love this scene as someone who loves to take baths. She gets this. She gets all this stuff. Like, all of her stuff comes in. Rugs and a piano and... Um, dresses for the little girls and like her lotion, all this stuff. But the thing that she's most excited for is her big ass clawfoot bathtub, mm-hmm. which she puts out in the yard and has like Jake heat up all this water so they could take a bath after wash day. So the girls like, you know, it's very cute. Like she has them pick out soap and then she like does their hair, and strips out that nasty steak oil. <laughs> she never Daniel says said. what that oil is. I'm like, she just said it, it smelled. And then like Jake comes in so hella rude and he's like, I guess there'll be less flies in the house. And they're all <laughs> laughing. And I was like, why did you let Rebecca do this? And she like braids their hair. She takes care of them. And then she's like, okay, now it's my, they go to bed. She's like, now it's my turn to take a bath. And so Jake's like, okay. And he's like, just being, you know, an adorable like dog, puppy dog, and he's like, "Oh, well, uh, what do you need?" And she's like, "Oh, um, is that how you read the scene?" <laughs> I did. She was like, "Get myself." Like she's absolutely teasing him. He oh, is. because we forgot the most important part. He was very hot and bothered, and he wants yes. to try to get away to like because he has like this sense of honor. He's like, at some because, point, they make yeah. the declaration that he will not sleep with her until they're married. Yes, after we're, after the disastrous sex scene, he says, I'm not, we're not going to sleep together until we get married. And she's like, she's like, bet. So <laughs> she, she gets in there and he's like, kind of like droopy dog is what I was thinking. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> I've heated up your water. So she like strips down and he's like looking at her in the moonlight. And he's like, oh my God, he's yes. got like the vapors. She gets in the tub with all the like scented oils and he's like, 
you know, uh, is there anything else you need? And she's like, yeah, I'm getting my clothes. She keeps sending him like to get stuff for her. So he has to keep coming back. Yeah. And then like eventually, you know, they talk about like what happened before. And he's like, okay, well, how about my first lesson? And then she's like, um, <laughs> then it's Daniel said it leads to the finger picking. It does. Well, because like, she's like, she tells him that you don't have to, cause he's like, he's sort of actually more resistant. If I remember that. He's like, we don't have to, like, join or couple. He asks, is there a yeah. way you can get your pleasure? She has right. this whole, like, metaphor about, like, um, a woman's pleasure and, like, how you can help a woman get her pleasure, too. And so he's like, well, can I give you your pleasure without us joining? And she tells him, yeah. So he puts his hand in, like, the bath water and he, like, sort of gets her off that way. And she's like, oh, he's a great student. Because <laughs> he learns <laughs> Yeah, really she's enjoying bad. herself. He's enjoying himself because he gets up. He's like, well, I've got to take a bath after you. That's right. So it's and it sort of begins this whole thing. And so they sort of like happily. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. So, yeah. So they have that. And so they start having these interactions where she does like sort of like take him to take him by the hand, literally. Mm-hmm. And he learns and he gets better at it. There's yeah. one scene where like apparently um, do they both take place in the bath? Well, when they're bringing the bathtub, this is what I was going to say before. Like, a mm-hmm. couple people joke that it's big enough to fit two people. Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, ooh, Jake. Like, <laughs> wiggling their eyebrows at him. And he's like, what? What do you mean? Yeah. So he finally gets up on the, he finally gets with the deal. Yeah. So during this time is when the other plot that I was going to say, mm-hmm. the Diggs family mm-hmm. and the, the labor thing, because mm-hmm. Jake is a black Republican. Mm-hmm. Which, which was what you would have been in at the time yeah and i like that uh she takes pains to like explain she's like oh but they're starting to be racist and i don't like that and like they go through and they're like no but it's not like today like they specifically call that out yeah well this is a thing in a lot of and i think it's just what there are a lot of like politically active characters in beverly jenkins novels and they always have to be republicans just because of mm-hmm. the time period and so, as I was, I think I had mentioned earlier, she, Lorelei, Lorelei buys the deed to this land for mm-hmm. a man named Matt Peterson, mm-hmm. who rejects it at first. And then it's yeah. implied that his wife pretty much flat out says, I will leave you if you do yeah. not go back and get our, get our land. Yeah, it's a great scene. Like, she, they go down to the Peterson farm because uh, Bibi and Dee Dee are friends with their little girl. Carrie. And they're like, Carrie. And they're like, oh, she's a good girl. She's our friend. We don't want him off the land. So Lorelai buys up the deed and they go down and she's like, here it is. You can have it. Um, and he's like, he's like uh, calling her uppity and like. <laughs> I like you your note. A- You're like, yep, get off my land. Get off this uppity woman's land. <laughs> get off this. Like, I sure am. Get off my land. And so then uh, 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 Lorelai is basically like, you know, uh, what did she say? Pride can't feed your five kids. Yeah. And she flips her hair and leaves. <laughs> And then um, later, I think like a couple of days later, the next day, he comes back and he's like, my wife says she's going to leave me if I don't take And she, she should have. Yeah. So so sort of after that, they have like, I'm going to jump. So they have this porch scene where they lay out like both of their life stories. Mm-hmm. And this is where we sort of learn about, we touched on it already, but this is where we learn in the book about her father, about her mm-hmm. mother. We learn about Jake's issues with his father mm-hmm. and how he left them for the war. And so it's sort of... Um, Ah, I can never try. <laughs> I'm so all over the place. But this is where we first learn about Trevor. And I know this is where we first learn about Trevor because Jake has the best line. 
<laughs> Jake turned the odd sounding name over in his mind, realizing he didn't know one man of color with the name Trevor. <laughs> I just like the fact. Yeah. He's like, that ain't no black man's name. <laughs> yeah, he does say that. So Jake becomes, or Trevor becomes like sort of a major player towards the end, but it also this sort of like instills this thing in Jake where he's like about how worldly and how knowledgeable she is. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because he doesn't turn into, oh, she's a whore or oh, this or that, or like getting angry at her. No. He's like, well, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to. To keep you know, her around. To keep her around. And she's used to like all these like interesting people. That's just not me. I'm just a hog farmer. It's <laughs> so many times. Yeah, there are multiple times. So they both are trying to like keep from, I guess, falling for the fields. I don't know how to say it. Like, because it's not straight mm-hmm. up falling in love, but they don't want to get attached. Yeah. He's, he keeps reminding himself. She's not she's not going to stay. She's too worldly. She has all these connections. You're just a hog farmer. Yeah. And she's like you don't need to stay. He's going to get a real wife. You're going to be replaced. So they have like this back and forth with both of them, even though it's really obvious. Yes. Even though it's obvious to literally everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So there's, um, there's another like, um, subplot where they go to church. Oh yeah. That's next um, actually. That's following the, (laughs) yeah. And so I love that Rebecca. So they, Rebecca is the son of the preacher or daughter of the preacher. And um, she, like, comes over. Jake tells Rebecca it's over. Like, I'm marrying Lorelai. They're all very upset about it. And um, uh, she says something like, uh, well, what what religion are you? And Lorelai, like, just says something. She's like, Catholic. Catholic. And then Rebecca's like, what? And she's like, you know, Catholic, the one with the Pope. And I was like, fuck you, fucking Lorelai. So they go to the church. And Appleby starts, <laughs> there's, like, a terrible singer. Victoria Diggs Victoria or Queen Vicky as Lorelai refers to her constantly who is apparently stepping out with the pastor yeah which they which is just like a little kernel that they throw in there like it's not very important but I just like that um basically like all the kind of like older people who have been in the town established in the town they call all the new they're angry at the new brides and they're calling them the hussy contingent <laughs> And then there's like the old bat, the old birds, <laughs> the old birds. So the old birds come in. It's like, you know, they're queen of the church, obviously. And she's like singing, even though her voice is really terrible, even though the like the organist is like amazing. And Lorelai's like, shame that. <laughs> <laughs> so Appleby gets up and he starts talking about like Jezebels and hussies and women opening up um, restaurants and wanting to drive cars and basically all the things. And be teachers. And be teachers because the brides have said that they want to bring these changes to the town. And he's like, don't let, you know, this golden woman, like this golden calf, basically. Literally everything but her name. Literally everything but her name. He's like, don't. Do fancy clothes make a woman pretty? Does golden (laughs) skin make a woman pretty? Does big money make a woman? She's called out and she's pissed. She She almost like, she's like, I have to get away at the end when Mm -hmm. they have the receiving line. She's like, I have to get away or I'll hit him. Yeah. And so um, he, you know, it, it. they leave and she's kind of like, well, I'm not coming back to this church. And Jake <laughs> is like, I understand that. <laughs> and then later Appleby comes to the farm, which I love this scene too. He comes to the farm to like tell Jake, like it's time to stop playing. You need to get back with Rebecca. He's like trying to, he basically all but exercises him. He, he does because like... at first he comes in hot, like he's so mean. And then Jake like. 
you know, revs up on him, like bucks on him. And like, Applebee starts yelling. And he's like, oh, no. He's, he's basically like, like the spirit of Christ compels you. He's like the de- the woman put the devil in you. <laughs> I think at one point he's like, fall to your knees and pray with me, brother Jake. <laughs> and Jake's basically like, get the fuck off my farm. And it's just so funny. It is really funny. It's just really, really funny because he comes in so angry at the end. He's like, you know, running out of there because Jake's going to beat him up. And I'm glad because I don't think Jake previously, like Mm -hmm. old Jake at the beginning of the book, I don't know if he would have gotten as mad because it takes him a while to come around after he Mm -hmm. like. So we learn on that porch scene that like Lorelai was raped as a child after Mm -hmm. her father was killed. And so she's like. You know, after that, I've been very selective about who I let in my bed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Jake learning this, he realizes he sort of thought of her mm-hmm. as, as, like, being a bit too freewheeling. But he says, he makes a moment, he makes, a, like, a declaration, like, he would hurt anybody who called her a whore or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because he realizes she has this, like, front, but she's actually been hurt a lot. And I will say, um, Jake, for someone who... Um frequented a lot of whores <laughs> you know it's like jake you ain't want to talk jake you ain't want to talk like respect all people jake because you are basically john so it's jake, like no matter what you should have been kind to her but yeah this book sort of exp- so like this is the best part, probably place of inter- this is the best place to introduce this topic i want to talk about mm-hmm. i think beverly jenkins and i have a difference in philosophy about mm. heroes and heroines of romance novels. Okay. So um, in her, she's in a documentary called Love Between the Covers. Where it's just mm-hmm. like a documentary about romance novels. And one of the things she says is she likes her heroines who are like, they've got it together. They're smart. They're educated. They can handle their own like shit and all that stuff. And the man is sort of seen as like the the, the cherry on top. Okay. And I'm with that to a point. I like it, though, when there's some kind of character, like, why are you with this person if they don't, maybe not better you, but if they don't mm-hmm. bring something out of you that you don't have on your own? Mm-hmm. And so I think for this one of the Jenkins novels I've read the most, like, I don't mean this to sound like an insult, but like mm-hmm. a lot of her other heroes and heroines, they just have their shit too together for me. Mm-hmm. Like, they're mm-hmm. they're too... Everyone's got it going on and they come together and they have a love story. And that's fine. And I know a lot of people like that. I'm of the persuasion. I like it when you have a character who doesn't necessarily like they're not broken. I don't want to advocate advocate like love can heal all. But Mm -hmm. like there's a person who brings something to their life that they wouldn't have on their own or like it, it they find something in this person that they didn't have. Mm. And that they want and that now they need. So like for Lorelai, it's like the settling down. She has a lot of character development because at the beginning, yeah, she's going to go to California and she doesn't care. And then as the Mm -hmm. story sort of progresses, she realizes she's kind of tired of running around all over the country. And she kind of got used to like having a family. And then with Jake, he's sort of like. His whole life is improved. It is. Like he's less dodgy. He's less conservative. He's like more like. He, he, I think he's just happier. He says one point, at, or maybe he's talking about the nieces. Never mind. But he just, he does have his life turned upside down, and I think it's for the better. And he learns to be like, just to relax. Yeah. It's like he has such a stick up his ass. It's a jo- enjoy novel. life. Yeah. And so I kind of, this is why it's my favorite because you have that clear like development of two characters who like they weren't broken, they weren't like. They didn't need to be in a relationship. Well, I mean, he needed to be in a relationship. They don't need to be with people. But being with people sort of brings out something that they couldn't makes them better, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting point. And again, I don't know romance. So. 
no, I would, I never would have even thought about that. So, well, I just know that that's, and I respect it because like that, like she likes her heroine. I just know Beverly Jenkins likes her heroines to like, they have their shit together. And mm-hmm. I think you had started Forbidden and like, yeah, I started it, but then like, <laughs> got confused. confused and then I had to go and hurry up and read, um, An Alyssa Cole. Yeah. But even I think if you even read like this, the first few chapters that Carolyn and that character, she's really got her shit together. Like mm. she has plans. She wants to go and she wants to go to California and open a restaurant. And she's not going to mm-hmm. let anyone stop her from reaching her goal. Mm-hmm. And so like she just has it together. She really doesn't need a man. It's just treated as sort of like an extra. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where I was going with that. But. No, it was a good point. <laughs> so I don't, it's just interesting because I really like how they develop as characters mm-hmm. and how the relationship brings that out that's what i like about romance novels i'd read a like the best novel i read this uh last week was a prince mm-hmm. on paper which is Alyssa cole's new novel mm-hmm. and it fills that trope like to a t it was like <laughs> i won't shut up about that book <laughs> no it's fine because it filled all of like it checked all my boxes so mm-hmm. yeah this is why this one's my favorite too because i just love that character development no it's really cute and it seems very satisfying at the end too yeah you see them go on this arc yeah so, cause, oh gosh, Jake, 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 I want to hate you, but I love you. <laughs> if he had stayed that way throughout the novel. Yeah. He would have been insufferable. Insufferable. But it's like, she put enough like little touches, like him talking to the star, him bowing to the chicken, <laughs> him like listening to the girl's prayers and like kicking Rebecca out that she never, it never, for me at least got to the point where I was just like, oh, like, what are you doing with this guy? He's so awful. Yeah. So he's not the worst. So, yeah, because the, the reverend calls her a harlot. Yeah, and he's like, Sorry. nope. <laughs> so I think this is sort of the moment when they realize, like, they have real feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, um, it's right before the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're, like, getting together. And I think, do they come together? They may have one more sex scene before the wedding. I think they do. Sex scene. Yeah, because her so big clinical. bed comes up or something, right? And she's like, lay on this feather bag. Goddamn. Oh, because yeah. they clean out the the, the upstairs room. Upstairs room. Mm-hmm. And she has her bed. She has like a big king size feather bed. And she complains throughout the book about how uncomfortable Jake's bed is. She's like, okay. I go to sleep and I wake up with bruises on my backside. <laughs> so he's apparently just sleeping in rocks covered in a sheet because Basically. Trevor has the same complaint. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think they do have another sex scene before the wedding. Um, but I do want to get to the wedding because I think that was my favorite part. Well, there was like a really sweet romantic line that I had oh, highlighted man. that I wanted to share. And like, you know what, Kendall? Kindle, Kindle, Kindle. Like every time I think I'm prepared, I'm ready. But there's so like there's a line where um they're talking and he's like, she tells him, never met a man like you before, Jake Reed. And he says, good. He told her softly. She chuckled. Good? Yes. Why? Because you'll remember me. And I just thought that That's was kind of sweet because like he knows, yeah, he knows she'll she's gonna or he thinks she's gonna leave after the year, and he wants to, and he knows she's also very worldly, and she has all these men in her life, and he can't mm-hmm. really compete. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh. And it is kind of a play because they keep, she keeps thinking and saying like, and people keep saying to him that uh, you know he's never gonna forget forget her. And how is, you know, anyone going to live up to, like, the memory of her that Mm -hmm. he'll have after? So I like that they kind of turn it around and say, you know, both of them are not going to forget the other. Yeah, it's very sweet. It is very sweet. She does what she does 
before at the very beginning when she's setting up this proposal. She's like, I'm a hard act to follow. <laughs> she does. She's like, good luck with that, baby. Okay. So, so the wedding. There's a I couple things wedding. that need to be set up. So BB and Dee Dee are like taking Lorelai around and introducing her to all of the animals on the farm, <laughs> including um, uh, this goat who's like tied to the... Uh, uh, they have to or keep something. her tied out because she just bites everyone. Because she bites everyone, and they're like, "Why does she bite everyone?" They think they say, "Oh, because she thinks she's a dog." <laughs> <laughs> like, that don't make no sense, but okay. So there's this mean goat. All of the brides have been um, the brides on the wagon train have been um, helping Lorelai out because they all love her, and they've been like, you know, doing all this stuff, like getting everything together. Jake thinks it's going to be a small affair, but everyone <laughs> in town literally is like coming to their house to like. I mean, what else is there to party. do? <laughs> what else is there to do? Exactly. And everyone that they go and see, like Lorelai is inviting to the wedding. <laughs> so. Exactly. I wanted to say something about the brides because like they set everything up, including moving a piano. And I remember Jake is like mildly impressed. Uh-huh. But we remember because like Lorelai told the girls like when they're on that wagon train they had they to, had do, to everything. do everything because apparently the guy who was running it <laughs> was not having any room for slackers so like yeah. if an axle wheel broke they had to fix it right they had to like set their camp they had to do everything so they're a very capable group of women mm-hmm. and so they come with that energy for the wedding day and they've got Lorelai upstairs they're like cleaning her up they've like sequestered Jake in his old room he's like super restless and basically like they're cleaning they're cooking they're like moving all the furniture they're putting everything's like getting ready for the big day um and so they i think jake like asked at the last one he goes ask the sheriff he's like will you like officiate my wedding he's like sure and i was like oh if only it was that easy oh, but, I know. <laughs> so they again it's like they do this big setup for the wedding jake is there lorelei comes down everybody's crying everyone's so happy <laughs> the sheriff like starts like reading um, and then he gets to the point where he's like, uh, if anyone has any objections, speak now. And so somebody, the of first, course. The first time I read this, I was expecting the priest or Rebecca. I was expecting Rebecca too, but no, Trevor Church, <laughs> Black <laughs> Irishman. Trevor. We never really up. got into who Trevor Church is. That's true. But I think we can now. Yes. So. Trevor is a friend of Lorelai. It's mm-hmm. apparently he's described as one of the handsomest men any of the ladies had ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's the illegitimate son of a Irish noblewoman and a, like uh-huh. a black British like sailor. Uh huh. And so his mother's been disowned by the, her family, but she has enough money that she's like, I don't care. She don't care. And so, tra- yeah, he's like wheeling and dealing. He's a rogue. He's, he's a like rogue. hitting on we know, everybody. <laughs> we know that he met Rebecca when she was 19. And yes. he kind of like took her under his wing and they kind of like were like globe trotting. Sexual relationship too. They did just, have a sexual relationship. But I she, think he like kind of taught her how to be like a fuckboy a little bit. Well, because after her rape, she had been like traumatized and she sort of credits him for teaching her that like sex could be something that both people can enjoy and that it could she be something that, that people like have fun with. So I think that's where he is. And Jake's a little bit intimidated, like intimidated by this, by this. Cause he realizes he's like, are you close to this Trevor man? Like mm-hmm. she's like, I'll probably never see him again. Yeah. So, but then he so pops surprise, up at his surprise. He jumps up and, at the wedding. And he has a roast too. because He comes up and I think like, 
beyond saying I interrupt this wedding, the first thing out of his mouth is, is that a hog I smell for the groom? It's so fucking rude. Like at this dude's wedding, he's like, what is that smell? Is that pig shit or is that the groom? groom. It's like, (gasps) and Lorelai is so embarrassed. She feels so bad for Jake because here's her flash. Because he's described as really fancy. He's got a suit. Mm -hmm. He's got like really good hair. Mm -hmm. Like he comes up, he's suave. Everybody's like, who that? So Uh. Jake, though, which I also love, he's like, well, I got to fight him. (laughs) <laughs> he punches like, him immediately and Lori likes like screaming all the brides like run out like and it's not play- what i love about the scene too is it's not played like oh this bitch you know this is so horrible everyone is like dying from laughter <laughs> and oh so- well so like Lorelai has to be a uh, Lorelai has to be bodily lifted away from the scene she because she is trying, trying to, to like bring to this up yeah meanwhile all the men have formed a circle and are basically it sounds like they're like a few die short of gambling on it. Yeah. Like someone's going to start taking bets. And so she's like, Sheriff, break it up. And he's like, no, Lorelai, this is the way that men must <laughs> act. So she's like, fuck that. So she runs out into the yard. She gets the goat and she's like, listen here, goat. Like, I'm going to turn you loose. You can bite whoever you want, but me or I'll turn you into jerky. jerky. And basically like the goat nods at her. She turns the goat loose and it like just wrecks havoc, like chasing all the dudes and biting them. Everyone's screaming and trying to jump out of the way. Um, Trevor and Jake are like fisty cuffing <laughs> until they both pass out. <laughs> I just, every time I picture, like, this is why I call it a rom-com. Because I can see in my head mm-hmm. the wedding. I can see this suave dude standing up. I object. I can see a fist fight <laughs> a fist at the fight. altar. <laughs> All the ladies run out laughing. All the dudes are like betting on it. I think the note I put was like, fucking men, you can't take them anywhere. <laughs> Cause like she had like, they'd worked, the women worked so hard to get this way. Like the food is knocked over. That's what hurt me. Yep. Like they had like a spread <laughs> set up and everything is knocked over. Yeah. They're breaking a bunch of dishes and everything. And um, oh, it's so I like that Lorelai bad. says, had she been a heroine in a dime novel, she would have painted right then and there. And so, oh my gosh. It's so, so Lorelai goes off to take an angry, angry nap. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She just kind of like, I'm bouncing. And so the girls like eventually, like later that night, they come and get her and she goes down and she sees like the brides have like cleaned up and all this stuff. And um, uh, she, she finds Trevor with Rebecca and Oh man, Millie Rebecca and Millie. Out on the porch. And I love this scene because like Millie and Rebecca are so, <laughs> like they have they have some bars in the scene too like uh, <laughs> well, they're like patching him up yeah. and they're patching up jake and they're like well because you your ass was in bed so you know we got someone needed to do it someone needed to do it and trevor's and, like laying it on so thick yeah and he needs a place to stay and millie's uh-huh. like you can stay in my room and rebecca's like you're a single woman millie that's not very proper and she's like <laughs> well it's my one. christian duty to ensure that this man in need she says i don't care stay. rebecca it's my duty as a christian to open my home to someone in need oh and then Lorelai says something like doesn't Lorelai go like she's gonna open something else <laughs> yeah she's like she's gonna be opening more than than her home she's constantly with the quips i love it and so they're like yeah so they are both they are not as like contrite as i think they should be they sort of are like yeah we started fist fighting at your wedding yeah and they're like (laughs) laughing jake and um 
And Trevor. And Trevor, like, laughing. They're old chums now. And so <laughs> Lorelai's like, I can't do anything with any of you. She basically says, uh, Trevor, you need to leave immediately. And she tells Jake to go, like, lay down because he's, again, trying to, like, feed the hogs or water the hogs go or something. Go sleep in the barn. <laughs> go sleep at the barn. He's like, fine. So the next day when she's out running her chores or she's out in town. Oh, she's been kicked out of her home, right? Out of her. No, never mind. I'm that going, was early. I'm, yeah, that was yeah, earlier. Yeah, that was earlier. She gets kicked out of the boarding house. But the next day when she's in town, she sees Millie. And Millie mm-hmm. is wearing some familiar jewelry. Yes. And she's, she's like, like that's a beautiful brooch you got on there, Millie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so familiar. In fact, it's mine. Yeah, and Millie's like, ah, uh, you know, Trevor gave this to me. And what are you talking about? You weren't supposed to see this. So she, she takes, she has Millie go back into her house. And she's like, what else do you have, Millie? And Millie's like, uh, nothing. And she's like, uh, give me that brooch. And Millie's like, no, what are you going to do? Shoot me. <laughs> she pulls out a gun. She pulls out a pearl hander. <laughs> and she shoots like the half of a mannequin. <laughs> Lorelai does not play. She does not. She does not play. She is not here to mess around. So, so she basically <laughs> robs Millie. And then Millie gives off this shot. It's like, I always knew you were a whore or something. She's like, everyone said you were a whore and you're proving them true. And then I think she like stomps out or she threatens her with a gun again. And then I think she that's when she actually shoots the hat. Yes. She says everyone, she's, I think she says everyone always said you were a whore. And then um, Lorelai shoots the hat and she's like, well, you can tell, tell them I'm uh, that and more or something like that. <laughs> and then she storms out to find Trevor. Oh, and Trevor. Trevor, like, okay, I need to talk about this scene because I'm not only pissed at Trevor, Mm -hmm. I'm pissed at Lorelai's shitty help. Like, this (laughs) help is good help. You can't buy good help nowadays, and apparently it's right. So Trevor, we find out, has been sent by her housekeeper Housekeeper. in Philadelphia, Olivia Oliver, who Mm -hmm. Molly called a (laughs) Spider-Man. She's been sent to town with some paintings because Lorelai's been talking about these paintings mm-hmm. for the entirety of the book. The She's been waiting book. for paintings to come down. Mm-hmm. Paintings and some jewelry. And we learn that on his way down, Trevor has hawked the paintings. Mm-hmm. And now he's given away the jewelry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, first of all, this is on the housekeeper. Why are you giving away <laughs> this woman's belongings to like some well, shady friend think... who you don't know that much? Like, I think that she gave him the paintings, which is bad. I don't think she gave him the jewelry. I think they... They imply that he stole the jewelry. Does he? I thought like the like the the ha- housekeeper says like I sent these I sent your things with Trevor since I knew he was going to see you. I, I think sent I think it was only them. the paintings. I think she brings up the jewelry and I because how I, else would he get the jewelry? I think he steals it. I think that they imply he steals it. We can go back and find yeah. it. But, I mean, it's not an important point. But. The point is, I'm mad at her help. Her help <laughs> is like just incompetent. And so we learned, because this was the fact I like, we learned that the paintings are, um, they're Edward Bannister, by Edward mm-hmm. Bannister, and he was a real um, black Canadian painter. He won an award mm-hmm. before the award, the, the jury New realized he was black, and they tried to take the award back, but they were forced to honor it. And like, I looked up his Wikipedia page, and like, the shit they said about this man was harsh. Oh. So she has these banisters that she loves. Mm-hmm. And like so priceless he, paintings, basically. Yes. And he hawks them to a fence, so she's never going to be able to track yeah, them down. Yeah, she's like, I can never get them back. He's like, sorry, lass. <laughs> <laughs> like, get out of my house. So, and then, so she learns about that 
I think that on top of whatever happened in New Mexico, we learned that he oh. left her penniless in New Mexico. Stole all of her money and then ran off with a senorita, as he says, <laughs> and who turned out who to be married. Actually, who was actually a senora, we learned. That's true. Um, in New Mexico and leaves her penniless. And she had to like And I don't gamble. think it was New Mexico. I think it was Mexico City. Was it? It was It was Because she's like even out of the country and he leaves her penniless. <laughs> So, and so she's already mad at him on top of that of hawking her paintings and then giving away her jewelry. So she kicks him out. She's like, I yeah. never want to hear from you again. And he says, oh, you know, some bad people are after me. You got to help me. You got to help me. And she's like, sucks to be you. <laughs> she really all but says that. So, so he, they kick them out. And then, because we have to include this, she doesn't get her wedding, but she gets her wedding night. And so we learn yeah. that Jake has been paying attention to his lessons because this time when they come together, you know, like fully as man and wife, he, mm-hmm. he hangs around longer than just for the warm up. Mm-hmm. Like he lasts longer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if there's any good lines. Um, I don't know. It's just really well written. Like it's compared to addicted. Like I yeah. wasn't repulsed. Yeah. I wasn't disgusted. Juices aren't mentioned. It's great. Oh, I, I like she's Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say like, Oh, in some ways, a man's body is just like a woman's. But in other ways, she closed her hand around the hard length of him. Men are gloriously different. And like, that's mm-hmm. a good line. I liked um, an orgasm powerful enough to satisfy three women. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> See, he's learned so much. He's learned so much. And it's like, I can't remember if it's this scene or if it's an earlier scene, like after after the lovemaking. Like she. Oh, yeah. It, OK, it is. Um, she gets up. Um, and he's, it, it's something like, uh, you know, they have this sex and then she gets up the next day and she, uh, she goes down, she sees the girl. She's like, where's uncle Jake? And they're like, he's out feeding the hogs. It's <laughs> like, sure he is. <laughs> he's out there whacking it. Oh, it's, it's not this one. It's when they oh, come okay. together because he doesn't get his release. Oh, so that's right. She sort of teases him. I think it's, um. I think it's when her bed is delivered and they sort of kiss oh, and like but their they don't, hands yeah. go places, but they don't come together. So yeah, the next morning she wakes up, <laughs> she Jake's nowhere to be found. And I had that same thought. I'm like, Jake is in the cornfields. It's like, sure he is, BB. Handling this situation by handling himself. Handling situation. The kids, the kids are so funny because like they don't know what's going on. There's another scene where they talk about their friend who has a new mama. And she's like, they're always, her new mama and her new daddy... They're so happy that they, they jump after up they and kiss down. that they go in the bedroom and jump up and down on the bed. <laughs> the kids are funny. The kids are funny. I thought they were really, really cute. Yeah. So. They were so adorable. They, yeah. So they have this scene and like this whole book wouldn't exist without the kids. I was thinking yeah. about that. Because like sometimes kids are included in books and they're kind of extraneous. Like this whole plot, like Jake wouldn't need a wife. They wouldn't have found Lorelai. Like nothing would happen if it wasn't she for the kids. She wouldn't have stayed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so after she kicks out, um, Trevor, Trevor, and they have their wedding night, which was really, I'm glad for both of them. They got, both got what they needed. So the next day, the girls are kidnapped. Like it happens. (laughs) It happens so quick. Jake has maybe been gone for a day and he kidnaps the girls because he's so desperate for the money. He holds them a ransom. Trevor, Trevor. Who did I say? You said Jake. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Trevor kidnaps the girls and holds them for a thousand dollars ransom. Yeah, because he's that desperate. Yeah, and so and so Jake is hot. He's mad. He rounds up all the dudes. They all get <laughs> their does. guns. 
and they start you know looking for trevor and he's trevor's like it's the most like cash um ransom letter ever he's like very to the point hey i took him i need a grand you know I can read the whole letter. It's last one thousand dollars, or I sell them overseas. Desperate times beget desperate measures. That's not an excuse, Trevor. Yeah. They're, they're, and so, they're and then he just signed TC. He didn't even TC. sign his full name. You know, you're kidnapping twins. You you don't have a lot of extra time on your hands. Because I guess I don't know. We don't know what his skill set besides charming women. Like at least Lorelai, when she's in desperate times, she says she can um gamble. Mm-hmm. She knows how to like bluff and take a small amount of money and make it a big amount of money. We really don't know what Trevor, I guess is just a fuck boy. He's just a fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> so this creates a new conflict between Jake and Laura Lee. Mm-hmm. Laura, I've pronounced her name two different ways this entire episode. I apologize. It's okay. Because, um, so he real, cause this is when it brings up. And so he starts panicking. Like our life was fine before you came. Like they eventually find the girls. It happens kind of quick so we don't need to like beget them what we find they they're found in millie's shop and millie has been murdered yeah so oh my we- god there's that's another super casual thing because uh <laughs> so they're looking all around and you know jake is kind of like telling lorelei stay at home you've done enough all these things and she's yeah. getting really heightened and yeah. she's like no i love these girls i want to help find them we need to go look for millie they go to Millie's shop. It's closed. They open it up. They find Millie dead. Strangled. Strangled. And the sheriff's like, well, guess we found <laughs> no one sheds a tear. They go down in the basement. They find the girls have been drugged and they're down there. Yeah. And so they find them. You're right. I forgot about the sheriff just being like, well, that's a waste. <laughs> he's, he's like really dismissive. He's like, guess we found her. It's like, you sure did. So, but this brings up a conflict between, because Jake is now worried. Jake and... Lorely both are running away like who else from her past could show up and put mm-hmm. the family in danger. And so he, neither one of them won it, but she's like, I'm going to leave to protect you and the girls. And he's mm-hmm. like, I think that's best. Mm-hmm. And so she just straight up leaves. She doesn't even get to be there when the girls like recover and wake mm-hmm. up the next day. Mm-hmm. She goes immediately. She leaves all of her belongings. <laughs> Everything. She's like, sell it. I don't care because we find out she rich as fuck. <laughs> She's so rich. And she goes back to Philadelphia with her terrible staff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now that we're in Philadelphia, can we talk about how bad her staff is? Yes. How nosy they are? Because so they're extremely, like, they're very dismissive of her feelings. They're like, you love him. Whatever. Shut up. Yeah. And when, and so, like, there's a scene. So she's back in Philadelphia and she's just trying to get on with her life. She's like, mm-hmm. I love Jake. I miss them. But I need to. I have this child now. She finds out she's pregnant. She's like, I have this child now, and it's just going to be me and this child. I know it'll be hard. It is so sassy how, like, they introduce that she's pregnant because Olivia comes in, and she's like, you can't be staying out. She says something, like, super dismissive, and she's like, you and that baby. Yeah. I was like, was she pregnant? Yeah, she's like, you can't be staying up all night. It's it's bad for the baby. Yeah. And that's how we learn she's pregnant. And so she's about to go. She has this other rich – I guess he's less of a fuckboy. He's just – rich yeah some rich man yeah madison nance yeah and he's like an old friend of hers who she would have married but she was like you know he'd never love me as much as he loved money and that would always be you know a conflict but he wants to take her out mistress (laughs) but he's a a cold mistress that even i could not compete with so I, i love this scene like madison comes to pick her up and the um her chauffeur and house is standing there (laughs) 
this nosy ass, this rude ass. And he says, he's he says, because I guess Lorelai isn't showing, like they don't people don't know she's pregnant yet. And he's like, make sure you don't stay out too late because it's not good for the baby. And so and Madison she, turns around, he's like, What the fuck? She and is she, like aghast that he's just said this. And I swear, I swear I thought, oh, and I put that game and was like, when he's like, I'm a messy bitch. You listen to the drama because it was so. Because it's so uncalled like, for. This woman pays your salary. Pays your and salary all she for wants years. Is to keep this pregnancy silent. And she's getting here, getting picked up by a date. And he's just like, don't drink. It's bad for the baby. In front he's like, of but you pregnant. Everybody. Yes, he's like, Madison, pregnant. you know she pregnant? You know this bitch? Bad as said. She pregnant. <laughs> That's then, funny, ain't it? <laughs> And then Madison's nosy ass. Uh, he's goes like, you home should tell immediately. He, yeah, he so he, he takes her home, and it's kind of again a nice scene. Like he's not mean or rude about it. He does no. say like, um, "I am ha- I wanted your kids to be mine." I was like, "Okay, sir, relax." Well, you took too long. Um, but he's like, uh, uh, "You need to tell this man because you know it's his kid too, and he sounds like a good guy." And she's like, "Well, I don't want him to because." Then he'd feel obligated to be with me and he'd walk across the country to be here. And Madison's kind of like, and so <laughs> that's why you should tell him. Yeah. He does not give her a fucking second. <laughs> she no, goes doesn't. home. She, yeah. She goes home. He pins a letter immediately. He's like, Laura Lee's going to have your baby. Oh, he literally sits down and starts <laughs> writing like, Jake, let me tell you something. Because <laughs> I remember sitting there because we cut to Jake's POV next uh-huh. and he gets this like fancy letter. And I remember like, how did he get his address? Like, <laughs> this, this is like the 1800s. He probably got it from Olivia. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about this. This whole nosy bunch. Mm-hmm. Like this whole scamming bunch. So they send a letter out to Jake and they're like, Lorelai is pregnant and she's going to have your baby. She uh-huh. doesn't want you to know, but... But I mean, I think you should know. Well, <laughs> and she's like, if you want to come up and deal with this, I'll happily let you stay. Yeah. You and the girls. You and I'll the happily girls. let you and the girls stay at my home. Mm-hmm. So the next time we see them, Lorelai is throwing this huge party, like a huge yeah. house party. She's got this golden fancy dress on. She's got her. Madison is her escort. He had to like buy like bet on bid, her, yeah, which I was like, oh, you know, she honest. was a slave. <laughs> Oh, that is kind of problematic when you think of it like that. Yeah, that's awkward. But um, so and then she's dancing. She's having a great time. It sounds like the alcohol is flowing. Mm-hmm. There's food. There's music. I was slightly jealous because she kept describing the food. Yeah, and, um, all she's eating is like strawberries covered in chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. Yeah, I was like, you know what? That sounds great. And so she and Madison are out on the dance floor dancing, and it's like again, perfect rom com scene. She's tapped on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and he's like. It's like, I don't know if he says, may I cut in, but he might as well. He might as He's well. He's like, may I cut in? And she turns around and it's Jake. Yep. Jake has shown up. <laughs> and she faints immediately. She faints. <laughs> she drops to the floor. So then we come back. She has revived herself. And I think it's like her boudoir. This is the problem with old timey books like this. It's like everyone has... If you're rich enough, everyone has so many rooms. Yeah. I like they were if- in the solarium. They're in the boudoir. Yeah. <laughs> a drawing room, the parlor. Like, I don't really know. But they're in a room and she wakes up and she's like, why are you here? And he's like, I came for you and for the baby. I mm-hmm. I want to care for the baby, but I, I'm not marrying you because of the baby. I'm marrying you because I love you. Right. Yeah. So, and so she's like so happy and 
Um, at one point, she finds out that Madison did it, and she's like, "Well, maybe I'll name the baby after Madison if Jake doesn't Which, mind." And I was like, mm, "He might." No, no, he doesn't deserve <laughs> it. This was his actual quote. I knew I had. It's like, "I want to help raise my child, and I want his mother in bed beside me at night. I want to see her first first thing, see her face first thing in the morning, even if I argue with her all day. Yeah. I want to hold her and love her until death do us part." Oh, it's like our boy done grown. He's grown up, and then she goes. It's a sweet scene. They go to Madison's house. They see the twins. They wake up and they're so happy. Yeah. And then um, they, they like get married walk. that night. They get married that night. <laughs> Laura's like, I'm not fucking this up again. She's like, I got a couple of judges at the party. We could just have them marry us. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It does. It ends really, really quickly. Suddenly. But it has like this line. Lorelai Winters had a good man. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Lorelai Winters had a man, a good man. And she didn't care who knew it. And I was like, gone, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh but she has to mention that it's a hog farmer again she does <laughs> Lorelai knew if someone had told her she'd fall in love and marry and marry a hog farmer she would have taken them to court for slander <laughs> <laughs> so yes and so that's it that's our ending her her staff was let off too easily like they they nosy and they met See, but i love the staff i love caldwell when he was like just being so messy they're all messy and olivia was so judgmental it was like her her uh her employer sitting there heartbroken she's like love be like that sometimes <laughs> she <laughs> she just and i'm like i think one of my notes was like thanks olivia that's kind of why i wanted to see like you know what happened after because like there were all these like characters who came in and they were yeah. like in it for just a small amount of time but they were so sassy are so smart alecky are so funny we totally forgot too um oh what happened to trevor oh i guess two things what happened to trevor (laughs) what happened to Diggs? oh you want to do trevor i'll do Diggs. i'll do trevor so after laurel laurel has has returned home she gets a letter from trevor because when they find the girls they don't hear back from trevor Mm -hmm. i think his plan was just dump them somewhere wait for the money and go yeah she gets a letter that he is in a utah i believe a utah jail (laughs) and that if he does not get the money that he needs no he's in brazil oh that's right he's somewhere (laughs) somewhere like i don't know how you made that time in this Mm -hmm. era but he's there so um He's somewhere in a Brazilian jail and he's got the nerve to write her and ask for money. Yeah. Because he says if he does not get his bail money, well, if the warden gets him $200, gives her $200, 200 in American gold, he'll be free. And so he writes to her and says, please send this man the money. Otherwise, I will die in this jail. Yeah. And so she promptly <laughs> writes down the address, puts the letter in the fire. And she's like, I'll let the authorities tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, and he's so cash about it. He's like, I uh, hope you found the girls in the cellar. Ha <laughs> ha, hilarious. Too bad about Millie. That's killer. <laughs> oh, my God. And then and then the first sentence is, uh, I had to send you this in Philadelphia because I know Olivia would forward it to you. And again, <laughs> Olivia, not looking out for your girl. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, she helped. She got the letter so that they could take care of it and she could know that he was in jail. Oh my gosh, just the audacity to write someone after you kidnap their stepdaughters and say, hey, I need, I, I don't need even want to know, not even 200 bucks. I don't want to know how much $200 in gold was worth in that time. Well, $200. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, like in, our, in yeah. like today's money, I don't even lot. know. Yeah. And then they have the nerve to be like, can you spring me out of jail? <laughs> I was like, Lorelai, help me. <laughs> audacious, audacious. 
Okay, who else did we forget? Oh, Diggs. Diggs. So, because I, I love this. So, Diggs the banker, um, basically, he's, like, stewing kind of in the background um, because he's mad about the deed. And so when the girls go missing, Lorelai immediately is like, I'm just going to pay any amount of money. I don't care. I need to go and pull my money out of the bank. So she goes and Diggs is like, he comes out and he's like being a little snake. He's like, oh, Lorelai, well, I just thought it was kind of strange, you know, some of the account numbers you gave me. And I haven't reported to the authorities, so we can't release any of your money because I just would not feel comfortable giving away money that I wouldn't that I'm not sure is uh, yours. Lorelai do not play. She she's doesn't. Like, she's like, uh, bitch, uh, you tried it. And by <laughs> tomorrow, you want to be in jail for bank fraud, for theft. Like she wire this, fraud. Like wire fraud, all this whole list of things. So Diggs is like, what, 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 what? he's like, I'm just I'm playing, just girl. Playing. <laughs> and she's like, no. And so they make sure before she leaves that she, that day goes and writes to some of her judge friends. And like before she leaves, or like right after she leaves, something um, they come and arrest Dicks. They, <laughs> like they like come and get she, him. They are in the, the middle bank. of looking for the girls, but she has time to send a she telegram off time. to the marshal to be like, investigate this. She makes some card reference too. She's like, "You bluffed and you lost." Yeah. And so they lose the bank, and he ends up working on <laughs> Peterson's farm. <laughs> With his gross son, who is, like, super mean to the girls. Oh, yes. They do not like Anthony Diggs. They do not like him. Well, because I just remember when I first read, I read this before, but I don't remember. I thought it was, like, an empty threat she was making. She's like. I thought it was, too. I will call the police, blah, 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 if you don't give me my money. No, she goes immediately. She immediately. She walks right over to the telegram. She writes them. She's like, come get him. And they do. (laughs) (laughs) He loses everything. (laughs) And like I Queen think Vicky, she was like, Queen Vicky will even lose her house. So who knows right? where his wife is? Probably left him for the preacher. Probably. And I like that the sheriff was like, you sure you want to do this? Or somebody says, you sure? And she's like, yes. Yes. I loved it. I loved her character. So, yes, that is my favorite Beverly Jenkins romance. The romance was like, I don't know. I just like I said on this, I just like romances where both of the characters grow mm-hmm. as a result of being together and i feel like this was a really good example of that Lorelai learns to like have a family and settle down mm-hmm. jake learns to be less of a stick in the mud <laughs> and the girls are like the girls are really cute too so yeah. it was just this is my all-time favorite and i've been meaning to read more from like this era of jenkins mm-hmm. so but i'm glad you liked it because i know you're not a traditional romance reader mm-hmm. no i really like this <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, um, someone get on Twitter and ask why she's going to write a sequel because I need to know what happened. <laughs> well, because like romance, if we have a sequel, we need a character who's going to pair up. So I'm like, who in that? The only character I can think of is Rebecca. Like maybe Rebecca. It's like what they did to Cinderella's evil stepsister in Cinderella 2. <laughs> I was thinking two. that too. I was thinking <laughs> that too. And she I gets mean, like her redemption and maybe someone comes and teaches her to be less of a stick in the mud. Maybe less of a judgmental, like, look at this is what happened because you were a judgmental asshole. Asshole. I mean, someone can't have like a cousin or something. Yeah. Or, oh, okay. So remember after Lorelai left, they're trying, his neighbors are trying to match Jake up. Oh, yeah. So there's that cousin. That would might be a good one. Art and them's cousin. Yeah. Art and them's, you know, art and them. Art and them, who we never mentioned. That's um, the organist. Yes. So they have the cousin. They try to make it up with Jake. And she's like, 
she's very upfront. I appreciate it. She's like, you know, I like what I see, but she's like, eventually she turns him down. Hi, can you hear me? Okay. Sorry. I was just saying she likes what she sees and eventually she turns him down because she doesn't want to be second place. Yeah. And I thought it was a real scene. She's like, do you still love Lorelai? And he's like, yes. He's like honest. And she's like, then I have to turn you down because I want someone who lights up when he thinks about me the way that you light up when you think about her. It was so sweet. It was. was So Okay, there we go. Get her a story. Yeah. So there we go. We'll pitch it (laughs) the next time. (laughs) I'm trying to see if there's any. I'm looking through my notes. I feel like this one, I like historicals because like, I like, I like really sappy romances, but this one isn't so much about like the, not sappy. I don't know. Like, I like just the side stuff that happens along with Mm. the love story because there's so much. And there's a lot of really cute side stuff that happens. Like, it feels like a really fully realized world. Oh, I found a line. <laughs> so they're teaching, Dee Dee has a fear of riding horses mm-hmm. because that's how her mother died. And so they she sets up this thing where she has a magic locket that she gives Dee Dee so she can um. Um, get over her fear. And so she eventually does, and slowly she works with the girls so that they can enter this race called the circle. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into that. I just want this line where they talk about how the girls, during the day, the girls take turns practicing their writing. And at night, Lorelai had the wanton (laughs) joys of writing something entirely different. I highlighted that too. And I just like winked emojied on it because I was like, (laughs) if you know what she means. So the relief a woman gets when a man and a woman play the two backed beast, providing it's done correctly, (laughs) of course. So I don't know. I just this is my favorite. There's a lot of lines in here that are just a lot of women come from Lorelei, but then other people will be dunking on people, too, which is great. (laughs) Everyone. I think I put like this is a town full of butchers because everyone (laughs) has a roast. Everyone has a roast. It's great. Even the kids, like the kids are dunking on other kids. The girls at one point are dunking on their uncles. It's mm-hmm. so great. It's great. So, yes, I love it. Um, at some point, this was nice because I think I told you I've been reading the proposal. At some point, we need to do a contemporary. But I, I, um, I think later in the year, we're going to either do the proposal or the wedding date. Oh, good. I'll have lots to say. <laughs> Lots to say. So, yes, so this is Romance Month. I'm glad to have add. I didn't realize I was the one who got you reading romance. Yeah, I never read it. I, for some reason, was thinking, like, there was this thread going around about how people got introduced to romance, and I made (laughs) me realize how old I am. (laughs) Like, I got I gotta do this. So you know, and you probably had this when you were a kid. You know how, like, when you're a kid and everyone knows you like books, they just give you. Give you books. Any random books they have lying mm-hmm. around the house. Yep. Whether they are age appropriate or not. It's like, I found this <laughs> on the bus stop. <laughs> like, okay, oh, cool. So like, I think I was 12 years old and this neighbor's wife had like a collection of books. She's like, oh, your daughter likes to read. Here's some books. <laughs> and I remember I went back and I read one and they were, and it was like, a, it was like a bag of romance novels. It wasn't even a bag. It was maybe like eight. Mm-hmm. And I read like one of the Harlequin historicals and I remember it had a sex scene and I remember being... It wasn't even that explicit. I think it was as explicit as this book was, uh-huh. where it's just like he filled her. Like nothing's getting referenced explicitly. Mm-hmm. But twelve-year-old me was scandalized. Scandalized. Like, You're like the smut in the world. I cannot believe. <laughs> but like, I also like liked like the love story. So I remember uh-huh. this is what I used to do. Harlequin used to have a mail service, uh-huh. and 
for $5 a month that I used to have to write a money order for. <laughs> in the snail mail, I would mail them $5 a month, and in exchange, they would send four historical romances to my house. I didn't even get to pick them. They just sent four, rant, like whatever that month's picks were, that's what they sent me. And it would send me four historical romance novels and I would read those. And that's all I had. And I'm like, I've come so far. Yeah, that's adorable though. Oh, it's not like through the mail, Molly. I, used to go to a, I was too young to have a bank account. I had to go to a liquor store. <laughs> get the money. And get a money order because it was the cheapest. It was like a couple cents if you got it at the liquor store mm-hmm. for four dollars and ninety cents. But you know that's not a bad deal for for rumbles. That's pretty good. Even as a child, you were thrifty. And I was just like, oh my! Like pre-internet, pre. Uh huh. I feel like I've had a credit card or like a PayPal account for my entire life. Mm-mm. And it's just like, wow. I've come so far. So far. Romance has come so far because I don't think, I think I was maybe in high school before I read a romance that had someone who wasn't white. Oh, really? I think the best you could get was like Native American romances. Like, I don't know how old I was. Mm -hmm. I guess whenever I read my first Beverly, no, it had to be before that. But I don't know. I was old Mm -hmm. before I realized there were black historicals. Mm. So Interesting. That's a little Danielle story. (laughs) And that's also why I am the person I am today. Who knows? If I had picked some other line. If I had picked the Harlequin Suspense series. <laughs> right. We'd be doing a um, <laughs> vampire. Exactly. The Harlequin Paranormal series. I'd be a completely different woman than who you see today. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So, yes, I love this month. It's my favorite. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, um, I think we def. I would recommend it. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Oh, and then our new question, mm-hmm. which I realized I could not think of an answer for. What did we learn? And like the best I could come up with, I've learned there's nothing unsexier than a hog farmer. Uh, <laughs> it's referenced so many times. It's so old. Um, I learned that you can have a bathtub shipped to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, the more I think about like... The practicality of all the stuff she sent. In the the more you're kind of siding with grit with Jake now. You're it's like, just well. like, because they run into the people when they're coming. Like it's three wagons worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. There's another person that they could write. Uh, oh, the widow. Mm-hmm. The widowed sister. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get a whole line, a whole series started. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're just like nice enough and ask often enough <laughs> she'll write it <laughs> because that's how uh ryan in that other series because he appears in another story and people just mm. kept asking about him okay well that leads us into next week's question so um in two weeks uh for our bonus episode for the month of february we are going to sit down and interview miss beverly jenkins I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. She has been following us for a while, um, commenting hilariously. See, this is where Lori Lai gets the, com- the snapbacks, <laughs> the comebacks. <laughs> she, if Miss Jenkins is listening to this, you tweeted something that Molly quotes to this day. Frequently. Even I've outside of the podcast. <laughs> that holla holla, it's a dollar. <laughs> never <laughs> seen Molly as happy by anything other than that. Oh, man. So, yeah, we're going to get to speak to her, talk mm-hmm. to her about romance, romance writing, genre stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I am, too. Because um, I mm-hmm. think when she was coming, I think things are different now 
than when I even originally started reading romance. And I feel like I wish I was not aware enough to like notice the change. So it'll be interesting mm. to see like diversity and inclusion mm. and how it's impacted it. Mm-hmm. Cause romance, I know used to be very, it still is white, but it used to be really very white. white. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And, I definitely wanna, and I'm going to look at that documentary too, so I can get some context. Better. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Is it? So, yeah. She talks about how she meets her husband, and I guess she's just, like, hanging out in a lounge room, and he walks in shirtless. (laughs) (laughs) Just just walks in completely shirtless, and she's like, I'm going to go meet him. Okay, Miss Valley. It's really cute. That's adorable. It's really cute. So, yes. So, I I just, I'm very happy. Yeah. Um, So, if you guys have any questions for her, um, please send them in. Um, You can send them in to... Our Twitter account at Black Chick Lit. Um, I don't know if you can message people on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, we probably won't see it. We probably won't if see you just it. tweet or email. But uh, yeah, so email us at contact at blackchicklit.com, Twitter at blackchicklit. Uh, black we are on Instagram at BCL Podcast, and you can visit us at our website, blackchicklit.com. Boom. Um, so we sort of jumped ahead. Mm-hmm. Did we want to go over what we're reading? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have that. I'm literally looking at the outline right now. My cursor <laughs> is at point six. Wrap up. A, what are we reading? <laughs> uh, um, so I, <clears throat> we're, we're, we're trying to get back on schedule. So we're like recording this one early. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still reading uh, Gorilla, My Love. And then I read, I read half of Indigo. And then I read all of this, so <laughs> it was a busy week. <laughs> oh my gosh. I felt so bad when you're like, I can't do Wendigo. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So, but no, this is a good one. Um, is that, was there any? Yeah, I don't no, want to ask you that. Like, I talked about Girl in My Love. I did. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, I'm like maybe three quarters of the way through with that one. Okay. Um, I read some other things. <laughs> what did you read? I read, so Alyssa Cole's Reluctant Royal series had a novella tie-in called Once Ghosted, Twice Shy. Uh-huh. I read that. It's very cute. It's about, um, there's a character in the book who is um, a queer woman named Lakotsi. Okay. And so it's implied in the background of A Princess in Theory that she had her own, like, her heart was broken. So this novella finally goes and, like, talks about that. Okay. So that was I super I saw the cute. cover. The cover for that is really cute. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, the cover. I... <laughs> I can tell you, I think I was like, is that those model's legs? Because I was reading it and they credit both the couple and the legs separately. Oh. Which raised, questions. Which raised questions. And I'm like, so I guess those aren't her legs. And oh. now I like, every time I look at that cover, I'm like, those you can't aren't her see legs. anything else. I can't see anything else. I'm like, those aren't her legs. But I didn't it know is, you could just be a leg model for a romance novel covers. I guess you can. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, they're nice legs. I wish I had legs that pretty. Um, I also read The Book of Harlan oh, yeah. by Bernice L. McFadden. It was okay. Mm-hmm. The book you may have heard about, it's about two jazz singers who go to Paris to like the black Harlem of Paris. And then Paris falls to the Nazis and they get sent to a concentration camp. That takes up about 50% of the book. And then a whole bunch of stuff takes up the rest. And I was sort of... It's one of those things where the back cover text is not quite descriptive. Yeah. And it leads into thinking it's something it's not. It was okay. I gave it three stars. Mm -hmm. Um, I read Magical Negro by Morgan Parker. It was a challenge. Just because 
Oh, poetry. that was the poem you showed me. Yes, poetry. Uh. And she's in, I don't know if it's a style thing, mm-hmm. but like I like lines of her poetry, but I don't, and I don't want to say it's bad. I just don't get how it fits together cohesively. I see. And it's, it was a challenge for me. So there are really good lines though. And I know I can tell by reading it. She's got some, uh, some, uh, she's coming for your edges. She is calling out. She's calling out America. She's uh, calling out gun owners. She's calling out white people. She's calling out everybody. So I got mm-hmm. that vibe. I was able to read enough to get that vibe. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that was Magical Negro by Morgan Parker. And then I read this one. Mm-hmm. And then I think I, I talked about reading Prince, A Prince on Paper, uh-huh. The Reluctant Royals, but I finished it. So I finished that one. I gave it five stars. I loved it. <laughs> and I'm not letting myself reread it until... Uh-huh. The books are released. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sad. Because <laughs> I just want to go back and reread it. But I'm like, no, Danielle, it won't be a treat then when the book actually drops. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's it. That's what I How read. did you read so much in one week? <laughs> <laughs> well, because one is a book of poetry. Oh, that's okay. Book of Harlan is, reads incredibly fast. Okay. The chapters are like one or two pages. And then A Chance at Love. I can read romance novels like that. <laughs> um, I'm currently in the middle of reading the proposal, but I will save my emotions okay. about that. Well, I think later in the year, I think in the back half of the year, we'll do another romance. And I think we'll do either one of those as a contemporary romance pick. Yeah. So that's what <laughs> I've read. So um, I'm trying to think. So, yes, tune in. Mm-hmm. Send your questions mm-hmm. for Miss Beverly Jenkins. I'm so excited. This is like our biggest... <laughs> Our biggest get yeah, as a, big a podcast. <laughs> so, um, as always, rate, mm-hmm. review, and subscribe on iTunes. That helps other people find other people find us. Mm-hmm. And lo- oh, go ahead. I was just about to say I lost the outline, so I wanted you to. Get- <laughs> I know it's like we try to do this like really fluidly. Like I think we fell into like you do when I do you when. But anytime we are knocked off pattern, like oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Um, finally, thanks to Sweet 45 for use of our theme song, Jonesin. You can find them on SoundCloud at um, soundcloud.com forward slash Sweet 45. Awesome. And that is an episode. That is an episode. I'm proud. I love the story. So I I'm glad I picked one you liked. Like, yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Thank you so. for recommending it. <laughs> and then we're going to do, what are we reading? I guess we'll announce that next episode, but... Molly did promise me I was going to read a fat, a big old page. fat, bootylicious <laughs> fantasy. Fantasy is that what we're reading next? I think we had we'd said maybe Children of Blood and Bone. Is okay. that what we're reading next? I think I think you're right. Okay, I didn't know if we had decided definitively because we realized so <laughs> neither one of us like YA, so we do not read YA. Yeah, it's. Like I said, not for me. But, it gets um, neglected on, but we're trying mm-hmm. to read all the whole spectrum of black, mm-hmm. of what black women write. So we're gonna read. Mm-hmm. Also, the sequel comes out, I believe, later this year. That's what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll look back. Well, don't we got the book completely wrong last time? So don't take our word for it until you, until you hear. You see, tweeted out. <laughs> you see, it tweeted out. All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to being back here with Miss Beverly Jenkins Woo. in two weeks. All right. Bye. Bye.